Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm Chuck. Today's episode is brought to you by Lower Gentry Studios. Lower Gentry Studios is a film production company that specializes in high-quality productions at a low cost. You can find them on YouTube. They have an upcoming web series that will be released there as well, starting December 19th, 2018. Uh, Today, I sit down with Wes Grover. He is a friend of mine and an armchair philosopher. We go over a lot of different topics because it's quite a long interview. It was fun chatting with him, though. So enjoy. And we are recording. Sweet. Thank you for joining us. Would you please state your name for uh, all of our fans here at Treasure Valley Podcast? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm Wesley Grover. I'm just going to silence my phone. Okay. There we go. That was the silence. Silencing. I get, I get, I'll get so many notifications if I don't do that now. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> a very popular guy. I'm excited to get my first uh, level of viewership in the hundreds of thousands. So I appreciate you coming on <laughs> yep. today. Yep, you're welcome. Um, you welcome. are going to repost this on your gigantic social media. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're that following. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Um, so I invited you on today because I feel like we need to solve humanity's problems. Naturally. Um, and so the questions that I'm going to have today, and I have uh, 10 questions plus a bonus question. Okay. Um, we're going to start um, small and then slowly go larger and larger. And hopefully, um, unfortunately, this episode is going to air after the election. So we're recording. That's perfect for it's me. It's Sunday. So, um, unfortunately you won't see this until after the election, but hopefully it will inform people's decisions, um, for the next go around, which 2020, it'll be more important. So make sure you bookmark this. I'll watch it again in November, early November, 2020 before that election. We're shooting for retrospective insight. Yeah, I think so. Cause then you look back at what happened and then be like, oh, okay, well there's no speculation here. This is what happened. There's nothing we can do about it, but here's what. This is what we should have done, and this time we'll listen. We'll listen to Chuck and Wes. Um, so, uh, first off, this is very, very localized. Um, what is the best best method for uh, fall leaf removal? Um, <clears throat> best method for fall leaf removal. Um, are you just going for like maximum amount of leaves are removed or? Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of an open question. Now, so, some people would approach this question. You said best method, right? Mm-hmm. So best has to be qualified with now, are we going for fuel efficiency here? Are we going, <laughs> are we going for efficiency, like speed, uh, the least amount of labor? Cause depending on how you qualify best, it would depend on how you answer that. Cause some people like, as soon as you start using, like a lot of people. So I guess the quick answer would be. What do, what do the professionals do? They use a little leaf blower, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously a company is going to have the most concern with um, minimizing injury, maximizing efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and at least doing a sufficient job. Maybe not the best meticulous job possible, but at least a sufficient job. So what do the professionals do? Don't they use the leaf, leaf Usually blowers? Usually a leaf blower. Usually a leaf, leaf, leaf bro- blower, but um, I had two steps. You got to... Okay. Um, I just want you to tread carefully here because I don't want you to throw this podcast into like a pro leaf blower camp because you got to be careful because there are the rake people out there. Well, let's be careful because I haven't, I haven't qualified my own opinion and I probably won't. But, um, uh, so then you'd have some people that would be like, um, like they use gas, don't they? Yeah. Some of them use gas. So some people that's going to be an immediate concern. They'd be like, well, that's not the best way. You're using, you're using gas. That's bad for the, they do have electric, but they don't, they don't blow very hard. Right. Right. So then you have range of motion issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
So yeah, it depends on the person. It depends on what their goals are and and just who they are as a person, what they okay. want, what they want out of life, what they want out of humanity in the world. So we got to be very careful about our leaf. I like the decisions. classic rake because there's some, some nostalgia built in. Yeah. It's not as noisy. You get more of that leaf crunch, which just I don't know has more of a therapeutic effect. But then again, those probably aren't the things that a company is typically typically going to be going for for economic return. No, because they're for, not concerned personal, about their employee For personal happiness. satisfaction. Ugh, on a weekend, you have nothing better to do. You just rake those leaves, you get lots of crunch, and you might even find something. If you're blowing, you might not even be paying attention. You might not have to look where you're scraping. That's so, true. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's, okay, good. So it depends upon how close you want to be to your leaves. That's part of it. Okay. How in touch <laughs> you want to be with nature. Yep. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Are you ready for another question? I feel like we could have spent more time on that one, but yeah, let's do another okay, one. Okay, cool. Um, how do we fix the Treasure Valley traffic issue? Uh, I didn't know there was one. Oh, man, it's awful. Are you kidding me? Are we, we're talking about Eagle Road. <laughs> yeah, well, Eagle Road's bad, and now it's really bad here in Nampa. Let's like, not broaden the blame. It's an Eagle Road traffic issue, not a Treasure Valley. <laughs> it's it, Eagle Road now has extended all the way through. It is, it's like the backup there is like causing backups through the rest of the... Yeah, it's just yeah, like exactly. It's just like one constipation. That's the source. That's like when somebody's yeah. trying to diagnose a medical issue and it's like, if you if you end up fixing that, then it fix, everything else is just a symptom. Okay. Um, so how do we fix Eagle Road then? That was a really quick... You really got to the... Um, cut to the chase on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not actually just playing Eagle Road, but um, but it does suck because I lived in uh, Eagle for about a year, and yeah, it just sucked the whole time. And then and then after about like I don't know, like maybe like eight or nine or so months, then I was like, oh, I'm gonna start like going a different way. I'm gonna start using State Street. Nah, that sucks too. <laughs> they all suck. So just now, because Eagle Road's backed up. Yeah, 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 it's horrible. I, I made a post one time that was like uh, just joking around. I I put. Um, it's always five o'clock somewhere, dot, dot, dot. You start immediately start thinking of margaritas and like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a nice pot of po-. For example, Eagle Road. Yeah. <laughs> it's always five o'clock somewhere. It was a traffic joke. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And not a drinking joke. And it, and it was, and it was, yeah, and it was different because it's like, it's always five o'clock somewhere, location changing, <laughs> fixed to the five o'clock. It's always five o'clock somewhere, same location, always five o'clock. So it changes the meaning of it, but. Oh, yeah. That is funny. A little, in two humor, little humorous spin. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like a joke that's very clearly explained too. Mm-hmm. Just like yours. I just want to fall <laughs> <laughs> with your with your deadpan. Oh, we, earlier we were joking around because my Halloween costume that I decided to wear to the school was uh, a pan and then I wrote RIP, mm-hmm. rest in peace on on the pan. And so it was a little bit because you didn't know if I was just like somebody that was dead or something, but it was deadpan. Was yeah, the I didn't joke. get it. My, my first response, my first instinct was like, maybe, like, maybe it's like, oh, rest in peace. Like, I'm going to knock you out with this thing. Or like, yeah, yeah. maybe there's like a scary movie where, like, where a guy, like, kind of like uh, No Country for Old Men, where he just like kills people with that stupid, like, air gun thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe it's something like, maybe there's a movie I don't know about where somebody clubs somebody to them. Like, okay, rest in whatever. Oh, so you're the pan murderer? Yeah, that yeah. I don't know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then the thing is, I didn't even narrow it in from there. I was just like, yes, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not even going to guess more than that. It's, <laughs> it's something I don't know. <laughs> Got it. I guess I need to require uh, less effort on the puns that I make for Halloween costume decisions. Yeah. Your popcorn one was good, by the way. That was very obvious. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, yeah, totally random. Just, I wanted to. Did you get a picture of yourself in 
in a pop. Okay, so mm-hmm. when you, so we get upload this, you'll have to put a comment with the link to the picture oh, yeah, yeah. so okay. that we can. Yeah, I could put a picture, can... maybe a little video. Yeah, it was basically what I did is I um, actually the last couple Halloweens have been. I know that was a couple years ago when I did the Mona Lisa one, but yeah, um, have just been like homemade. And uh, this one, yeah, I just took like paper. Well, like my base was, I took um, like a paper brown bag and then I cut it in a certain way and then put like uh, white computer paper on it, blah, blah, blah. And basically made like what looks like a popcorn tub that you get like oh, a, mo- so you at a movie that, theater. That yeah, yeah, tub. I made that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made all that from scratch. And, and literally I thought of the idea like I think within two hours of the party, mm-hmm. I was like driving home and I was like... I don't know how I thought of it, but I, I think I thought of something else and then about like covering myself and then like the, the irony of, of being like, oh, I'm just a cute little little bucket of popcorn. But it's like, no, it's really disgusting because you have like popcorn all over your face and I can't even see you and it's like horrifying. So I wanted it to, I wanted it to be like gross and disturbing like the, the Mona Lisa one. But um, but yeah, then it, it didn't stick that well with the honey. So just like, eh, it's just kind of oh, so kind of intriguing. It's like... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it didn't have the creep factor I was going for, but it was still fun. That's okay. Still good. Yeah. You can you can probably it's it would be really difficult to pull off uh, creepy popcorn. Yeah, just in general, I do kind of visualize that if you were like yeah, all like solid smothered, pop- like literally the only thing you can't see my skin. All mm. there is is just popcorn kernels everywhere, all over my head, just mm. a, like a lollipop of popcorn, and then you see my little eyes peeking through. I'm like, hey guys, I'm just a bucket of popcorn, just like, ugh. See, that would the- be an awesome horror movie. Yeah, that'd be disgusting. In, yeah, the, like- in the movie, the people go into the horror film, a horror film, and then they're eating out of their bowl of popcorn and all of a sudden Popcorn Man just like pops out <laughs> and then munches on them. There would be a line that would be but, associated with that, like popcorn, the, this, this popcorn takes a bite out of you or yeah. Uh, are there any other popcorn puns that I'm missing? The here? only thing I want out of it is that the cut scenes from like the people eating to their popcorn and then going down to reach, it has to be super obvious that it's a cut frame like it's not like it's situated that way like mm-hmm. it's just a camera over like the guy pretending to be in the person's lap like ah. <laughs> but it's just like super like you can see the backgrounds different and stuff like it's just not well done and it needs to be like that and then that and then it cool. cuts back again and then it's the person like freaking out but it's still disassociated and this movie's scary because of the popcorn and because of the lack of professionalism yeah yeah and budget yeah Okay, I think I think I think uh, we could make that movie happen. That would be pretty easy. I think it'd be great. Just an iPhone and some popcorn mm-hmm. and a theater. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Unless there's stock footage, maybe we could use some stock footage. Just all stock footage, and then a pop just film just a popcorn guy coming out of popcorn. Yeah. And then insert that. And then it could even be one of those things where like the movie progresses and you have different scenes and different people, but it's always kind of like the Willem scream or whatever. Is that, am I saying that right? Oh yeah. The yeah. Wilhelm scream or whatever. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just the same popcorn explosion in, in each one. <laughs> so it's, it's, you did it, you did one take and then you just have different people like reaching down and then they, they reach out. And so it's like a different person's hands. Like it's a man's ruddy hand the first time, like a man's in there and then, ah, and then there's like a lady and then, but it's still the man hand reaching in. Cause it's the same footage that gets recut <laughs> for each part. This is a really good idea. I there, think, I think there's some. Is, I think there's some value in creating an in, an intentionally horrible, uh, yeah, whatever you call it, film yeah. Sun, structure. Maybe Sundance will bite on something like that. We'll mm-hmm. see. Do you, uh, what problem were we solving on that one? I can't remember. Oh, uh, traffic. 
Oh yeah. So all that. So if we want to get rid of the yeah, traffic, stay home, the watch a good, good poorly made movie, and uh, helps with the traffic. Good Cause point. Because your car's at home. Yeah. Just sit at home and watch bad horror movies, and we don't have to. You won't get in our way. Yeah. Um. So this isn't necessarily problem solving. I just kind of want your your comments on um, our new governor, because this will be airing after we elect a new governor to Idaho, which will be. Probably Brad Little, I'm guessing. But yeah, I have no opinion. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, which should our which should our next governor make as a priority in the state of Idaho? Um, just being a governor. I should probably govern a couple things. Yeah, I would. I mean, on, honestly, I don't. I haven't followed it that closely. Yeah. Um, but for me, any question like this, I would take it back to like basic questions of like, what is a governor? What's the role of a governor? And that gets into like broad, bigger questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess, and I don't, I'd never feel like it matters all that much anyway. Yeah. It's just whatever Republican person, they just, they literally handed it off this time. I feel like, I mean, I yeah. don't know. Maybe. Does it ever, does it ever become like a close race between, if it, if that is the case, does it ever become a close race between two different Republicans or is it, or is it always a landslide for um, one person? I don't actually remember how, well, uh, what, no, I can't even think of our governor's name. I can see his face. I'm really bad about remembering names of people. Of the current one? Yeah. Is it Butch Otter? Or oh it... yeah, Butch Otter. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Otter, yeah. So give me one point. I would like one point, please. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Um, I told you I get that right. Okay. It's oh, fantastic, dude. You can't. I already have a question coming up about Trump. So <laughs> if you start doing your Trump impersonations oh, now, man. then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna cut the surprise. It's over. It's, it's more right. of a Jimmy Fallon Trump impersonation. <laughs> Impersonating Jimmy Fallon. He does it. Perf- he does it perfectly. So I just do what he does. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I think Otter won in a landslide against his Democratic. Okay, uh, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk about the governorship because um, there are other important issues in Idaho. Like, uh, what what agricultural product should Idaho focus on second? Is first potatoes? I mean, yeah. I can, we can't lose any focus on that. There would be so much disappointment. Like, what happen? What happens if all of a sudden we become known for? Is this is this an intentional setup to to comment like about marijuana? <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> oh, is that where okay. your mind went? No, no. I oh, just okay. I just assumed that's where your mind went. Oh um, no, that's actually that might be a good one. Yeah, obviously it had to be legalized, or maybe mm-hmm. they would start with hemp or something like that. But I could see that becoming like a big field. Like if that was an option, um, I could see that becoming like a big field. I, I'm assuming it would grow here, right? Because it grows. In I th- it's just a weed. Right. You yeah. can grow it almost anywhere, I'm pretty sure. Pun intended? I, yeah. <laughs> well, no, in uh, in uh, they used to, in the Dakotas, they had, uh, it, we called it ditch weed. Oh, okay. And what it was was like when people were like th- like throwing... Right, it's not like you have to cultivate it, right? Like no. It, like it's not like, oh, these precious tomatoes or something. It's just... Well, I think they do to make sure that like for if you're trying to get the, the Probably, drug out yeah. of it, then yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to like grow it uh, like uh, with intent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... Like when people would get pulled over, um, if they were trying to like hide their hide their weed, then they would chuck it in, in the ditch, and then the seeds would would start to grow. And it's kind of like it's it's a weed, so right. so it would just you would just run into patches in the ditches in in the Dakotas of uh, every once in a while. You just see it's it, you know look it was just marijuana just growing right. in the in the ditch, and people would come through obviously and clear it out. And I don't know if the cops did it or what, but and then some of the dumb kids would try to smoke it and right. they get uh, like a nasty headache because it wasn't like grown for you know oh, the, the gotcha. THC effects. Okay, yeah, so 
It is. So they're just, they're just getting like campfire along or something. Yeah, exactly. If that's even a thing. Yeah. But, but when teenagers are doing it, they probably thought that they were, you know, losing yeah. their minds because it's like, just like when they give them non-alcoholic beer at the at the frat parties. They did that study years ago and all the, all the fraternity brothers started acting crazy because they didn't know that there wasn't alcohol in the beer. But just the social, oh, yeah. the social pressure and the uh, the social situation, like they just acted drunk anyway, and they thought they were they were drunk. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's part of it. So you think weed might be a good second one, or realistically, yeah, in the sense that, like, aside from legality, <laughs> I mean, obviously you'd want to do it if it was legal, but if it w- if it, I mean, that's like a, almost a separate conversation in a sense. But if you're mm-hmm. talking about economics, then it would make sense that yeah, if on the premise that it became legalized in some or all capacities, anything ranging from like hemp or or basics, substrata, whatever you want to call it, of of the plant, of the cannabis plant rather, um, all the way up to the use of like the THC and all constituents of it. Um, I would say that that would be a big one because obviously it's uh, something that's legalized in a lot of places, is used in a lot of places, and... Um, and like Canada just legalized it for like the whole oh, yeah. for their whole country. The whole country. So yeah. in terms of like like I, like I've been thinking in terms of like um, like I, I feel like I'll be disappointed in like ten years from now if I'm like oh man I should have invested in a couple of companies just from a purely return on investment standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, no other considerations involved other than like if if my goal is to like invest in a company that's probably going to make a lot of money potentially. It would be something in that category, I would imagine. You know what I mean? And plus, like, the potato chip sales would increase exponentially as well. <laughs> so it would even prop up the potato yeah, yeah. As, as, as an even stronger lead right. crop. And th- Yeah, and this isn't me saying, I'm like... I'm guessing. This isn't me saying, like, it should be or shouldn't be or any of that, like, but just saying, like, like considering if it, if it were to be viable, that that seems like, based on the surrounding market that that would be at least something you'd want to make a solid decision about. Mm-hmm. Um, Before all the other states that are surrounding Idaho get a corner on that market because it's already... I think, yeah, even if, even if they do, I don't yeah. think... I mean, think about beer, for example, right? Like, like is beer so novel that, oh, we missed it. We Well, we, in the 30s or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, pro, post-prohibition, I guess. But, um, like, beer is still a very, like, innovative current thriving market right mm-hmm. like there's even like, more so now yeah, than like, it has been e- yeah even like like even just like in the boise area and stuff and nampa and all, all these areas did and, you did you know this is an interesting fact did you know that now we are just starting to catch up on the number of breweries that existed pre-prohibition oh really yeah and what had happened is the the smaller mom and pop breweries went belly up as soon as pro- prohibition was passed um, but then the larger uh companies started brewing the non-alcoholic beer and then they went into like sodas and things like that mm-hmm. and so then they they grew and expanded and then uh went into different areas obviously and uh as soon as prohibition was repealed then they were ready to jump into the production right away and they already had a corner on the market wow yeah and so so it took a long time for in the u.s to to have those smaller smaller mom and pop breweries to be able to compete because right. obviously, that I mean, there's I, I, there's a documentary I was watching recently about the shelf space issue, and well, you would actually know a little bit about that since you work for a company that uh, oh, you that mean takes, like an alcohol distribution company? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because I was watching a documentary where they were talking about the the competition for shelf space, 
for uh for different companies because mm-hmm. it's like a big deal and so the big the big breweries are um the big national breweries are trying to basically squash the competition by purchasing as much shelf space and display space as they can inside of the big um inside of the big grocery stores right and even recently i noticed walmart quit putting uh any microbrew in their in their uh, cold storage oh really yeah yeah, so so which Walmart though? Um so this Are you talking about the one over here? So the over one here? by my house, yeah, the yeah. one by my house and then also the 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 Super Walmart that's close to where I work, the one off okay. of Garrity. Cuz they the, they quit Wait, no. They maybe they have like a couple six packs, but they basically cleared out all the 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 small breweries and then focused on like Coors and Budweiser and stuff and that's all that's in the cooler. Oh, uh, okay. It's kind of interesting. Like it just it was like The whole the whole yeah, the whole thing is interesting. Um I don't know as much about that specifically. I, I know like the one Walmart that I stock, they still have microbrews in a cold section, but they have like a okay. whole wall. So uh, I, okay. I can imagine, it probably depends on the place. I don't know how those decisions are manage yeah unfortunately this is more this would be more of a question for like maybe like a salesman in the company Mm -hmm. um because i do the distribution but i don't like you know literally bringing the product checking it in putting it on the shelves rotating that sort of thing um so i don't get involved as much in that process and then also based off kind of what i've heard before um not even necessarily from people at my company but just in general i feel like I've heard people talk about that being more of a battle with like taps oh, okay. than like shell space, but I imagine they're both kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I wish I knew more about how that worked, but yeah, I don't know a lot. We got to gotta solve this problem. Uh, so yeah. my knee jerk reaction would be. Oh, is this a problem that needs solved? I don't know. We, we're uncovering additional problems. It feels like I thought that there were only 10 problems in the world plus one bonus problem there's a there's a little little sub sub problems i guess under the i guess umbrella. so this would be sub agriculture this would be under the agricultural subheading i think mm-hmm. so yeah but no i um yeah i know that there's people i know that there's like a variety of things like i know there's people in charge of like displays and stuff like that but they mm-hmm. work with like the other companies too so it's like kind of fair to you know what i mean but but maybe depending on like who's the head of doing the displays they might have like a little bit of an advantage Mm -hmm. but there is like like we do like what we call changeovers uh various stores like albertson's and stuff like that where you know there's like end displays and all that sort of thing and yeah we're always putting in like new product you know the shelving stays pretty much the same and then that'll change when they do like a reset um but i don't know how all those decisions are made but there's still a variety of both pr- products represented from different distributors. Um, and as far as like microbrews are concerned, like, like my company does, um, most, they, they do most of like the microbrews in the area mm-hmm. and we seem to have plenty of shelf space. <laughs> I don't, so you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, it, it's kind of interesting how uh, just economics in general, this is a little bit of a tangent. I think part I, of it's demand too, just to plug that in part of it's demand because you will get like, like places that you deliver to where, you know, they're like, oh, you know, did you bring any of this in? It's like, oh, we're out. Sorry. And then, you know, like they want certain things. So there is there is some and it depends on the store, too. Like, you know, oh, we're going to go with this other product, this one. But I think part of it is just like, what's going to sell? You know what I mean? So 
de- the demand of the consumer. So like people want microbrews. So I don't think you could just outright bully microbrewers out by being like, no, we're going to like you would the amount of money you'd have to spend, you'd probably lose money to make it viable. You know what I mean? I just mm. I don't think it'd be good for the company to like, oh, yeah, they're going to give us all this money to only sell this one beer like. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there is some some play in there. I just don't know the nuances. Of I think how that's it a works. good answer. It's not. They're not trying to take over the, all the beer then. The, right. the big companies. But I have I have heard from people that like um, that there was like I don't know. Maybe the early days were different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. So it it, it could depend. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's more to be unpacked there. I don't know. But but I feel like it was like some places where you have very limited capacity, like bars with tap handles where it's like we literally only have room for 10 kegs then i imagine that's where it gets it would have to get a little more dicey but i don't know i mean there's very few places i've seen that are like predominantly one distributor i was uh kind of related to that a little bit not i was uh i read recently somewhere about uh car sales and how dealerships are just like this really terrible experience Right from like, the consumer perspective. From the consumer perspective, and I yeah. didn't realize this, but so bad I've never even been. Yeah, uh, good. That's how horrible they are. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't even want to look I, at I it. I don't have, I don't mm. have like any good like impression that like, mm. oh, I'm just gonna have so much fun going there. Yeah, I get to buy a car today. Yeah. Um, but the each state has p- passed laws to where car manufacturers must sell their their new vehicles through a certified dealership. I didn't realize that, but there are laws in the books in each state, which is why, which prohibit um, car manufacturers from selling directly to consumers. And so these car, oh. so these car dealerships, and there are all these rules and guidelines that have passed, and, and that's why car dealerships pass hands from generation to generation, and they even like limit how many car dealerships can be in certain areas too, so they don't have to compete. Who limits so, it? The laws or like the laws? Yeah. Weird. I know. Isn't that bizarre? That's weird. Yeah. And so that's why, that's why, uh, that's a possible reason why car dealerships are just so awful because they, they don't have to worry about anyone else like coming in and figuring out a way to like make customers happy. They're just trying to squeeze the last little bit of money out of, out of everyone. Plus it's like a forced middleman. So I'm sure car manufacturers would rather be like, here's, here's our car. We're going to cut out the dealership. And right. Since basically they're selling a product that's shippable by definition because it's on wheels but I, feel like, I feel like there's still competition in the sense that like if 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 i'm if i'm like oh you know like a toyota a toyota rav4 looks like a cool car a subaru looks like a cool car like if you have like this variety of vehicles that are like oh those all seem like they'd work for me mm-hmm. and you know that like you've heard you know bad stories about several of them and then one of them is like oh yeah they're just all about pleasing the customer mm-hmm. no pressure if you walk away saying hey i don't want to buy it they're totally fine with it you know stuff like that i feel like that might tip you know what i mean so i feel yeah. like that keeps the competition there I but guess... it is a but it is weird that it's that it's set up that way because mm-hmm. it's like if you do want our product then you gotta come to us but it, isn't it weird too because like it seems like some of the dealerships not like harshly but like ha- like even compete with each other a little that sell the same vehicle right because you hear that on like the rate like I hear it with um I feel like ah what company is it is it I don't uh, I won't say it, but it's I feel like I hear on the radio like they'll kind of be talking about like their dealership and then they'll be like 
even if you've gone to like another one of our dealerships, talk to us anyway, and we'll let you know if that sounded like it was a good deal, or hey, we might even beat it. But it's like the same car company, it's just a different location. You're like, really? You're competing with yourself? We know that Ned over there, the manager, is kind of a jerk, but but Jim at this location will be nice to you. Right. But it, it is a weird like self self uh, competition in a sense. That's interesting. I have which I means need to listen to it, the radio it, more. Yeah, which means it must be like a uh, like a franchise, I guess, in in a sense. Or mm. I, I don't know what their incentive would be to sell more at their look. I mean, except to like you know be a viable business. But well, from when I used to work at a car dealership, um, what would happen is the managers get paid their bo- bonuses based on the sales at that location. Mm-hmm. And oh, so right. so so their bonus structure is built into sales in their in their facility. So I would imagine if some weird thing happened to where uh the same company um allowed the the promotional materials to be done within the building, it might lead to some sort of weird fluke to where that manager would just be like, "Oh, let me just do it this way because I'm concerned about my out-of-pocket expenses and the chances of them reporting this are minimal or something. Right. I don't know. That would be weird. Yeah. Should we should we solve the fifth? Sure. Problem? Actually this this I think this'll um I'm excited about this. Okay. Um can you make an inclusive statement while impersonating President Trump? What's an inclusive statement? Just inclusive of everybody. You know what I mean? Rather than excluding others. Just if you could do a Donald Trump. Oh, and then like, like a make, non-controversial Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, or just, just, you know, so that everybody feels welcome. And then I feel like that will bring everybody together in this country, especially since elections just happened. Um, Gosh, that's the hardest part. Like, mm-hmm. you had me at Trump, but now, uh, Trump impersonation, but mm-hmm. now um, an inclusive statement. Mm-hmm. Um, give me an example of an inclusive statement. Um maybe showing affection for all the groups of for everyone regardless of nationality or okay you know uh, what i mean um, I'm, I'm just gonna have to improv it okay here we go look everybody we're coming up on the holiday season okay it's a fantastic season, one of my favorite seasons, the holiday season. And I just want you to know that, look, this time of year, we really do realize that everybody has something special to offer. We spend that time with our family, our friends if we have them. And uh, it's just a great time to really support each other and have a fantastic holiday season, okay? It's going to be great. It's gonna, I know holidays, and this is going to be a fantastic holiday, okay? A fantastic set of holidays. So y- y'all have a, just a fantastic season, okay? Thanks. And uh, is is uh, Rick here in the room? Rick, could you stand up? Uh, you owe me two turkey legs, and uh, don't forget about the creme brulee. Uh, go ahead and sit down, Rick. Uh, round of applause for Rick, everybody. He does a great, great Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, thanks, Rick. That was good. Thanks. I think I don't, know, I don't know who Rick is or why I thought of him, but I kind of want to eat dinner ask, at his place, Trump. though. Yeah. <laughs> fictional, fictional Rick. Yeah. Um, how can we? Uh, inflate the U.S.'s deflating middle class. Inflate the U.S.'s deflating middle class? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so define middle class. Um, I guess that's one way to inflate it. We could just define it differently. <laughs> <laughs> define it by something that's uh, of greater populace. Uh, yeah. Middle class is, instead of income, we'll just call it 
sixty percent of the yeah. Country. So is is middle class defined relatively? Um, I, you know what? I, I probably should have prepared you, better because you could also. Uh, I think I think it has to do with the the income um, divided by the household. You know, and and I think it goes as high as like a hundred thousand dollars, like per person. You know, per adult. Um, and then it goes as low as like like in the the 30s, I want to say, before you get into low income, quote yeah. unquote. See, I feel like with a question like that, you have to know kind of a lot um, in terms of like, uh, like I, I feel like with questions like that, it's easy to have an initial impression and make some quick assumptions and then be like, oh, this is kind of how things are. But like I heard, um, like I'm not going to be able to quote all the parameters of it, mm. but just one snippet of a type of a thing that might affect a question like this is like I heard Thomas Sowell talking about how, um, like in, in like some interview back in the day who's or whatever. Who's Thomas Sowell? Thomas Sowell is like an economist. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and he, um, he was talking about how like things like the, you know, medium household uh, income or whatever, blah, 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 can be affected by things like changes in like average household size so like how you how you assess those numbers mm -hmm. can affect how those numbers look right so if, if say for example and and this isn't pinning it to like this is what happened because i don't know enough of the details but if this was something that happened then this would be the type of thing that you'd want to think about so say that the average household size is like six people and then you're like okay and then you know what I mean, like multiple adults or whatever, or or two adults and multiple kids or whatever it is. And then um, and they say, okay, what's like the average like house? How much does the average household have in wealth? Well, say it's like fifty grand or something. Just throwing out a random number. But then say let like you get to the point where things are progressing so that people are like, yeah, I'm gonna be single or I'm gonna like have my own house or this or that. And then say so you have like like individual individual home owner occupied houses where they're the only one in there and then say that that person makes 40 grand and then in the previous household say that both of those people made 25 grand each and then the kids you know i guess don't count that's it in that example for 50 grand but now you have one person that makes 40 grand it looks like the the household income has gone down from 50 to 40 but really the in like the individual like per capita or whatever you'd want to call it actually went up in that example. So that's just an example to say that how you parse out these definitions and details can affect how you look at these things. So if you know what is meant by middle class and how that's hashed out, I would need more details, but um, give me give me some details. <laughs> Maybe some more air to inflate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, another thing might be like, I don't know, is... is I am assuming with that question that it's talking about more of a gap between like there's an increase in wealthy and an increase in like mm -hmm. poverty and that's what's meant by a I think decrease that's, in middle class. That's usually what people that are of the democratic persuasion as far as right. like democratic party are, are trying to um, point out is that okay. there is that wealth gap. I'm pretty sure. It very, well, it very well may be the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't followed into it. Like I haven't, I'm, I'm recently converted, um, from a from a social socialist type perspective to a libertarian type perspective, like okay. minimizing government. So, like a few years ago, I was a little bit more in the know on on some of those statistics. Oh right, okay. you know, because it seems like a lot of times when you're trying to top down process, uh, when you're trying to top down um, 
fix problems. Usually it's it's about massaging numbers or trying to implement a policy that yeah, will have a mass with, effect that'll swing things. And so I was just Especially with numbers. yeah, especially with numbers, because you could have it be like um I don't know, dude. It just depends on how things are happening. Because say that you have class one being like the top class, class two, just putting numbers on it, mm-hmm. class two being the middle class, and then class three being like the bottom class. Mm-hmm. So you have one, two, three, and say that say that over time, all of it has shifted up in wealth, but then you get maybe a larger gap in, I guess it doesn't help them using my fingers, but say that say that all three categories shifted up in wealth, but then you have to the to the point that the bottom class the number three in this example um is you know some significant amount above where they used to be and then then you have a decreasing of the middle class so you have more rich people more poor people relatively speaking in this example but then the poor people are more wealthy than poor people used to be considered as poor so they might be closer to like a lower middle income, and then you have like a higher, higher income. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Just like, so I don't know like how, how much of these things, you know what I mean? I'd want to see like a lot of numbers. and. So, but if everybody worked harder, that should take care of it, so, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Just get to work and make more products. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a separate question, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um does there need to be a middle class? I don't know. That's a good like, question. So I think I think historically, what the issue was that uh, there is the, is the lack of perception of a, of a middle class um, due to uh, the hierarchy being a little bit uh, due to too much power being on the top end, you know, like that. And then the middle, you know, I have no idea. I'm yeah. just completely making things up right now. Right. As far as any of this stuff is concerned. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think middle I think middle class, we define middle class as as, as having enough to uh see the thing is we all have enough to survive for, for the most part. Not everybody, but in this country, like a, a majority of people, a vast majority of people don't have issues as far as like getting right. food. Obviously so, they're okay. homeless and that's another issue. But right. So I think a lot of like a lot of what I hear just on like passing like in passing notes is just um like I feel like I a lot of the appeals I hear to like middle class is an appeal to like the greatest number of people and then whatever ails that greatest number of people is what is then used as a platform to substantiate the uh viability of a candidate. Oh. You know that's what I'm a saying? good explanation. So you have can you have you have this candidate and then they want to get elected and then so you get elected by getting, so to speak, the most votes or the mm-hmm. most, you know what I mean, points or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so to speak, the most votes. And uh, so it makes sense that you're going to talk about problems that appeal to the negative effect on those most people, right? Oh, wow. So, so it's almost like... So a- to complain about the middle class is to complain about your vote base. <laughs> So it could also could be a feedback loop too, to where you need to get that cl- that group of people energized and feel that they are defined and that they do have problems. Otherwise, they're not going to vote for you. Right. So yeah. so to, and I'm to, not saying that that's to, necessarily to increase, what's happening. But. To increase the middle class, we have to increase the number of issues that we have that politicians are um, attuned to, and then that way more people will respond and then vote for that politician and continue to increase <laughs> yeah, the class the, and the problems that that they have at the same time. 
I think that's, yeah. that's how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I wish I knew more about it. Um, we can go on to another question. Oh my God, I want to, I want to solve this one. I, th- I think we just did. Did we? <laughs> yeah. Just give them more problems. As long as you, as long as you can identify the problems, because people aren't going to vote if they're not called to action. And to order well, to be called so, to action. So part of the problem is that that is annoying. This is another thing I heard Thomas Sowell talk about a little bit, mm. and then, again, it's not going to be verbatim, but is like this positing of class against class, right? Mm. But then, like, there's this little video called I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, it's about uh, it's about him talking about the one percent and like the ninety nine percent or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And uh, but he talks about like how a lot of times people think of the one percent, like the highest rich people, as being like a fixed class, and then they become like a target. Like, oh, you're this fixed class, and then you know they become like you know we're blaming you for this. Night. Again, there might be valid points there. I'm not saying there's there's not, but the the con- the concern that he brings up in in this example is that um is that that's not necessarily a fixed class. He's like, what's one way that you can become part of the one percent? Oh, if you live in like I don't know where it was, like San Francisco or L.A. or something like that, just sell your house there. Now you're part of the one percent for that year. Congratulations, you probably won't be part of the one percent next year, but you're this year. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you know what I'm saying. So it's like you blame the one percent. Well, it's like people can pop in and out of the one percent all the time by having a big boost of income or something or selling your stocks or something. It's like, wow, you're part of the 1% now. And then next, you know what I mean? I was in a conversation earlier today about the whole uh, categorization of people and how it's getting like, we're getting a lot of different subcategories. And then we should probably be very careful since we're both white males, but I'm just going to go ahead and start talking about this. I wore a cup. (laughs) I wore a cup. That's a good idea. I have. Do you just wear one now from just all the time? You never know what might happen. Yeah. I mean, again, (laughs) typically with things like this, there's, there's things to be sympathetic to. There's, Mm. there's legitimate concerns brought up. Um, I'm all, I'm all for like being more sensitive and attuned to like, you know, systemic, like, uh, systemic issues that, you know, hurt other people. But I think a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of concerning activity going on too. We're just, it's like people are people, man. Like you, you're, you're, you're trying to blame people in a categorical manner where it's like, you're di- like, like s- somebody does something and then you define their action as this broadly, um, broadly like uh what would you call it like as like a broad um per- broadly pervasive within that group is that yeah, what you're like, kind of going uh, on yeah like like you're categorizing it as though they're part of a group i guess mm. i can't think of like the term I'd, like it's like oh you're being like this kind mm. of a person it's like well i'm also like an individual making an individual choice yeah like like so it'd be like if okay so it'd be like if we were at the bar and we were drinking and then you know, we were just being obnoxious jackasses or something. And then it's like, oh, you drinkers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know a lot of responsible people who drink and have amazing conversations and contribute a lot to the festivities of the night. Mm-hmm. And then there's also people who suck when they drink or when they don't drink. So, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? The yeah. annoying part is like you take one part of somebody's poor behavior and you extract a symbol from it that mm-hmm. associates them with other people who are problematic. And then you say, oh, you such and such people, you know. Um, that I was, it's really funny that, uh, I was, before you came over, I was reading about, uh, about a statistical analysis of basketball players because they were trying to find out if the, the golden state warriors have a hot hand, but, but, but she's <laughs> like, like sti- holding thermometers. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, warm. But, uh, so they're, anyway, they're, they're performing really well. They're playing really well. They're making a lot of shots. Right. And so, uh, all the people in sports 
tend to like go after the person that's quote unquote like hot, right? If they're on a streak, they're on a win streak, blah, blah, blah. But, but statistics have shown there's really not that much, much of a difference on the next iteration. What your, your odds don't increase or decrease, whether you've been like winning a bunch in a row or losing a bunch in a row. It's still a new, it's still still a new. And the thing is, is like people have this lazy, it's not laziness. I think it's innate in our neurology where we find patterns extremely quickly. And so we, we come up with a fast solution to what we, to, to what we think is happening. It's almost like superstitious, you know? And I think we do that with our, with our group identities as well. As we see somebody and we can make a quick judgment based on how they appear to be similar and and categorize that with like maybe the two or three other people that we've encountered before when really we need to know what the behavior is like for a hundred people right before we make those uh, those assumptions but anyway that's kind of i think that that might be just yeah. innate human nature like if somebody if if we are at a place and we're being loud and obnoxious for them and it's and we also are having a couple beers people if they have a certain experience with certain people they're going to be more quickly to attribute it to us or attribute it to the alcohol or you know right. what i mean and that, that's not to say that there can't can't be those patterns, that it's not like, oh, well, statistically, people are more like this or that mm-hmm. based on these certain parameters. That's very well a possibility. But yeah, yeah, I just, I, I like, I don't know. I just, I see a lot of like annoying stuff with all that. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's legitimate stuff too, but it's just like. You know, it's, yeah, if you're looking for problems, a lot of times you find them, you know? Right now it's so great. I love Facebook. It just makes me, because I, because I get that on my, my newsfeed all the time and and everybody gets so extremely upset over things and it's, I don't know. And then also there's, I think there's a sense of it's out of control and, and especially with, with Trump as president, a lot of times I think people think that there are those out there that are, might be out to get them secretly, you know? There's right. a lot of people that are that are covertly covertly racist and that type of thing, and that's and it's probably true. Um, but there's like a lot of there's like a lot of boogeyman stuff going on right now. It's almost like it's like the Salem witch trials, yeah. You know? And then there well, the, are people the weird that are part, doing... Yeah, the weird part is the coupling of it with these generalities. Like mm-hmm. it's like I'm, yeah, white male privilege. I'm sure there's I'm sure there are some concerns with that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like in Malcolm Gladwell's book. Uh, the tipping point is it the tipping point or outliers where he talks about like you know like tall men and like how like or tall people or whatever he appeals to and how like you know they might be more likely to get like vote, like to be leaders or this or that or something you know? oh yeah do you remember what i'm talking about um i don't i haven't read that book but there okay. have been i am familiar with psychological studies um as far yeah. as uh i mean it is it is true uh they've done studies where they'll they'll give uh they'll hand out equivalent resumes um out to places you know you know you've heard of that one right where they send the identical ones and then they'll one of them will have yeah it'll be like you know uh john johnson on one and then the other one will have any sort of like ethnic name that can be attributed to somebody that might not be white or likelihood of them being white is lower and then they're less likely to get a job interview with an objectively the exact same resume right which is which you know that's true um and then there's also like uh beautiful people are more likely to be uh given other positive attributes when people just judge them randomly 
mm-hmm. encyclopedia. They do all sorts of yeah, fun or stuff. like or like uh, who's it? That guy named Gad Zad wrote a book called The Consuming Instinct. I haven't read it, but I've heard him talk about it. And I guess it discusses some uh, studies where like one of them might be like um, they have like a girl. You know, how tall do you think this guy is? And then one versus like him stepping out of like a regular car versus like stepping out of like a really nice expensive car oh yeah the one the one who steps out of the expensive car they just assume he's taller yeah you know what i mean so these Mm. weird associations like that but that's like part of this is like like before like part of it is like you want to say hey before we like quickly get aggressive and jump into like Mm. aggressive judgments and and policies and this and that take a minute to like look at these things insofar as you can safely do that and see like just what this says about human nature and Mm -hmm. what you can extrapolate about that because there are going to be patterns of human nature that are this is just what it means to be human so you know are we going to set policies around that or just acknowledge that's the case and then be self-responsible or you know what i mean i get i get anytime something is put as like a policy or pushed heavily in like a cultural norm i just get concerned about it Not, not that it's wrong but I just, I feel like anything like that, you should be hesitant to make that big of a, like, systematic change. I agree with that. So we can we can definitely inflate the middle class very easily. We just need to understand that we're all human <laughs> and we're all a part of the middle class. And we can't, cla- we can't categorize people. And then it's, <laughs> it's all easy. <laughs> yeah. Everything else will follow suit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's... that's def- definitely more that could be said about all those topics. Well, this is kind of along the same uh, vein. How can we protect our nation's children from the dangers of social media? Um, how can we protect our nation's children? Um, yeah, I don't know. That question is kind of... Interesting. Um, yeah, I guess you'd want to identify what the dangers are and then whose responsibility it is to hedge the concerns. Nice. Let's say the those. danger is is advertising. What about it? Um, exposure to advertising and protecting their pocketbooks later on in life <laughs> and from creating uh, bad habits based on advertisers maybe see i don't think i don't think any anything that okay um just because something is just because something poses a potential problem for somebody doesn't mean it should be legislated against or Mm. policied or somebody should step in and regulate it necessarily oh i agree with that so that's in so i was in a discussion actually this weekend where we're uh uh, I was talking to someone about uh, about the the actual like the legal ramifications things, and then the suggestions about things because because we already have like people. If you look at something like like the food pyramid, for example, that was not legislated into existence. You know, it was just the the department, and they and they goofed it up. Who who does the food pyramid? Who did the food pyramid in the the seventies? It has all the grains. Like you're supposed right. to like eat nothing but like grains for most of your food. Which now like we know that that's probably not for most people. That's probably not the best route forward. But you know what I'm talking about. It was like grains, well, especially and then fruit. to not like have that be like half vegetables or you know what I mean something mm-hmm. like that. And so. and most people that that are in athletics probably don't even like that need to keep their body in like pristine shape. They're not spending 
you know, 75% of their calorie intake on grains. It's most likely a majority of like high protein food and then fats and then like fibrous carbohydrates. I think it'd be be broken down to like, I don't know, what do people typically do? Like 20% 20 protein? Um, I, I do a ton on my end. Right. I, I but, try to but I just like fifty percent would be a ton. That would be yeah, like yeah. that'd be yeah, somebody being like on the extreme end. So if you think of like a like if you think okay, so let's think like um if somebody's two hundred pounds, they say for like I mean, baseline would be like point eight grams of protein per kilogram. Or per I think pound. so. I think it's so, like bodybuilders will say a gram of protein per pound. Okay. Um, Dang, that's a lot. Yeah, um, because the the the, correl- the correlation to that is the recommendation of two grams per kilogram. But if you're 220 pounds and you're 100 kilograms, yeah. So if you're 220 pounds, based on one recommendation, like like high level, like bodybuilder like oh i'm gonna do 220 grams of protein but really you're 100 kilograms which would be 200 grams of protein based on that recommendation that would be like but, two giant steaks a day right yeah like, the point eight is either per uh, pound or per kilo i think before, it would be pound before we go off on that tangent though i was i was going to point out that so the food pyramid is just a guideline it's not an actual law you know what i mean but right, right still right. everybody was following the food pyramid and it wasn't even necessarily correct like people that get, get get into the nutrition and people that are very proactive about their health, they probably don't follow the the FDA and look at that food pyramid and it's like this is how I'm healthy as I'm doing that like six to eleven servings of grains per day and then right, right, right. you know one serving of meat is just like mm. is this is that still like on like a like a I, current website or I don't something? know I don't know I mean if if it has been taken down it must have been taken down recently like because even when I was a kid it was it was all about it was all about eating like healthy breads you know and then I even remember they were playing a documentary. Um, I don't even know if it was like a documentary document. I don't know if it, it could have been an advertisement in the school system. And they showed like these kids, like they, they, they like had them eat like 12 pieces of bread, 12 pieces of whole grain bread. And then they showed them like being like happier and healthier. And I don't even know if there was any science behind it at all. It's just like, I just remember this as a child, like me being shown this video of these kids, like just wolfing down bread. Right. And if you can imagine eating 12 pieces of bread in a day, that's like, that's like 1500 calories probably. 12 pieces isn't one piece 100 calories is it yeah well yeah i mean on uh, on on the light bread usually if, if you get like a whole grain bread usually it has a little bit more okay. than that because yeah kinda... i think the carbs might depend on like what the carb sources are and then obviously on lifestyle so if you are somebody who's doing a lot more um like maybe athletics with like a lot of explosive movements or like weightlifting and stuff like that maybe you would maybe you would prefer more carbs mm. But if you're not, then probably not yeah. much. Or if you're doing more like cardio, like running, or just kind of like subsisting. Because I thought I heard somebody say that um, in order to burn up like glycogen stores, in like you have to work out like that specific muscle. Mm-hmm. So if you do a bunch of like squats, if this is true, then if you did a bunch of squats, then you'd be mostly burning out like glycogen stores in like your thighs, not like your biceps. Mm. But so to extrapolate that, the idea being that if you're like somebody who's a bodybuilder and they're working out like all their muscles a lot and like hitting them hard and doing high intensity so that they're actually using like, um, uh, utilizing like glycogen stores rather than mm. just like fast or so, um, 
aerobic a- anaerobic versus aerobic mm-hmm. um then yeah they probably use a little more carbs but yeah so i did, did the math on uh 0.8 per gram or 0.8 grams of protein per pound for a 200 pound person would be um hold on i do my math right 0.8 200 be 160 uh grams of protein and then there's four calories per gram for protein so that's 640 calories and then i guess if they did like a 2000 calorie diet then that'd be like 32 percent oh, okay so I, I think i think anywhere from like 20 to 30 percent because what it because it's like the the rec like the like don't kill it like don't die recommended miniature dose like that you see on like a nutrition label i think from what i looked at that that is like based on like getting like 50 grams per day oh okay of of uh of protein so this is like three times more than that yeah so i guess in that sense it'd be anywhere from like 10 to 30 percent but anyway yeah. um and but that it, yeah yeah so so i'd like i don't think you have to legislate these things yeah you know i think, it, so I think people like people people will will follow guidelines that are given them by any type of authority figure for the most most people to whatever authority figure they look up to they will likely follow whatever guidelines are just given them it's like a human shortcut yeah. So how do we get these? What should we? What would you recommend we tell tell people about uh, the kids to protect about, them from social media? Oh my God, that's where I we started. Like, dude, I feel like these are modest mouse songs. We're like <laughs> we start somewhere, and then by the end of the song, you're like, "That was a good day." Is this the same song? <laughs> like, well, it started so different, uh, but it's the same song as long as it as long as it starts and ends within a segmented period. It's the same song. So this is the same question. Mm-hmm. It's all relevant. Yeah, it is. I think um, it is because the food pyramid goes right into social cause media. Questions because <laughs> questions are simply segmented, not by content but by duration uh so we haven't paused moving on to another subject so mm-hmm. it's the same question yeah uh so how to protect the kids from um because you said you don't you gotta be it's careful ba- with it's based on the, yeah it's based on the assumption mm-hmm. that you should protect them mm-hmm. so if, if somehow mm-hmm. you've proven that that's the case then then you can answer that question but well, i wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I think, assume that I, yeah but kids i think they do the, the thing with kids is they need guidance because they don't know and, and if you're not if you're not guiding them and 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 how to deal with the information, um, I think the likelihood of them being able to be to successfully learn how to navigate it themselves is lower, because they yeah, because maybe, they do get maybe guidance and mm-hmm. some some parameters and stuff like that. I I don't know, man. That's a there's a lot of there's a lot of questions to address with with a broad question like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have kids, so it makes it one thing is like it's very hard for me to like put myself in that mind frame of mm. of like oh I actually have somebody who I want to like protect from these um, concerns. But uh, yeah, it's, the advertising thing is the part that throws me off. I don't. Really, you don't, I, I think I think the advertising. So I was, I was, you're not talking about like any like racy content. You're just talking about like just advertising. Oh no, it just yeah, just the the addictive nature of the. I mean, I I, I was uh, I was, like I was watching. I was watching. Have you seen Have you seen that show? Adam ruins everything. No, I think I've heard of it. I, I got I got hooked on it like just like a few weeks ago. Oh, it's that's the, the guy who like exposes like all like the the thoughts behind like advertising and stuff like that. Um, no, he he just he just takes a subject. It's kind of like uh, oh, okay, so it rotates. and then he just like and he just like tries to like pull apart facts on it. Oh, okay, and so one of them it sounds. What's it on? It's it's on Netflix now. Okay, I think originally it. it's on like True TV or something or. 
maybe i don't remember but uh but anyway you can like the first season's on netflix now and uh and there's there's one in in here um and actually i think that's where i that's where i got the 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 stat about he did a thing about car dealerships too Oh, okay. He talked about cars in general, and that's where I got that thing about the car dealership. Um, but uh, so I want to give credit to that. Um, right. And then this this one too. No, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, advertising. Mm-hmm. So he uh, uh, he he claims that, and I think there's I think it's actually cited. So you have to go on their on their website though, and then check it because he like puts a source like on the frame when he's talking about the subject and 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 the. Uh, um, advertising apparently they, they track people um the, the advertisers now like on facebook and like google can like target you and if you're more likely to buy things they can like let's say that you i think the example you used was something about like if you're if you're like a hamburger addict or whatever they'll 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 monitor you going into to uh burger king or mcdonald's or whatever after having shown you an ad and then google or facebook or whatever will then go to to that Right. You know, McDonald's or Burger King and be like, oh, we have this many target users that you can advertise to and look at what that's done to your sales because we watch them go in and out of your store right. X amount of times when we ran this campaign on their phone. And so it's it's yeah. such it's such a direct um it's such a direct way. It's it's a little creepy. I guess it's so, yeah. In that sense, yeah. We give up our freedom though when we <laughs> sign maybe, on to it. Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some like legal consent, but mm-hmm. um yeah, so the three things that I would think about, one, when it comes to kids, I'd be less concerned about hedging them from like overspending and, and blowing their budget in a sense because it's like kids already have kind of like a limited budget. Mm-hmm. So in the sense of like how do you protect them against it, uh, you just like let them have the, the budget that they have, which is very minimal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they could only spend so much money anyway. I'd be more concerned about adults who can have access to credit mm-hmm. um, and can uh, accumulate a lot of debt. I don't know that kids really do that, right? Because you have, yeah, to, be like 18 you have to be eighteen, which so, is still yeah. pretty young for a credit card. I know of a yeah. lot of people, and I've oh, made yeah, mistakes yeah. on that one and too. Like when you're that young, you just don't know what the heck's going on with that amount of money. Well, and how long it takes to pay back, and then how mm. much the interest affects you and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I, I think in terms of what you said, the the sec- second thing about um how an advertisement influences them. So I think that there would be more of a concern of like it affecting the types of decisions that they're already going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd have to extrapolate that. Um, and that could, I don't know, that'd just be anything from like like eating choices and stuff like that. But I feel like, I think one of the, I don't know. So like if you're ter- if it's in terms of like what a parent can do, I don't know, I'm not a parent, but it, my approach would be like, I think if you're genuine and you make choices that are good for yourself, and when you make choices for your family that are good for your family and like being authentic and like maybe explaining why this is why you make choices that you make, then that's like well, probably one of the most powerful things that you can do versus saying like, don't do this or I'm going to prevent you from doing this or that. Because that's something that you can only sustain until they're out of your control. And to some extent, they're not always going to be entirely in your control. Um, so in that sense, just being like an authentic role model would be a big thing. Just like, you know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. like if you have like, roommates or you live with somebody and it's like yeah every now and then i'll be like hey you know do the dishes or whatever but at some point it's like you need to be like i'm i'm just doing these things and i'm gonna do them and do it right 
and that's just my example, but I'm not even doing it just to be an example. I'm just doing it because that's like a healthy way to do it or, you know what I mean? Like a viable way to do it. And then, and then that, that, that's at least one step for people to be like, oh, you know what I mean? To see like an example of somebody doing it well. But if you live with somebody, you're both in debt, both of you don't do the dishes, then that's kind of like really hard to like see another example of it being done better. So at least being aware of the option, you know what I mean? Um, so that'd be one thing. Um, but the third thing that I would think about would be, I might've forgot, um, advertisements, limited money. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. It'll come to me. Maybe. I think the role model one was pretty solid. Yeah. That'd be my foundation. Social media role model too. That would be something you could pair them up to a, to a, an older (laughs) person that knows how to, uh, that's probably a little bit scary, but (laughs) Social media role models. This is a yeah. this is the correct oh, way to advert ad, like put your post your make your posts online and be respectful. <laughs> it's so dark. You probably have the opposite effect, but yeah, no, I don't know. But um, my other thing is just uh, I would just be curious to think about like what the actual limits of influence are. Like, yeah, there's definitely a role of influence. It definitely makes a thing like an impact. Um, I mean, obviously, there's you know like things like subliminal messaging and stuff like that are legitimate concerns. I mean, that's outlawed, right? Isn't it? In advertising. Uh, so, so subliminal messaging, I mean, that's like in terms of like a literal, like quick flash or something on the screen that like your subconscious registers, but your conscious mind doesn't. Um, I don't know if that's outlawed. So I don't know. Actually. I, I thought it was. The reason I think of that is because I was watching some like YouTube or some video about like some guys, like a hypnotist or something or whatever. And he was, talking about or something i don't even remember but anyway they were talking about like uh some people being in the movies and then they did like a quick subliminal flash of like you know some product some like cola product or something and then like to where the people didn't even know that they saw it and then like after the movies like a bunch of like the sales went up like a bunch of it got bought out in the local area or something i don't know what i'm saying i don't know if that yeah i haven't heard that i do know so so uh one thing that i i read and it's in the influence uh it's in that persuasion book by robert caldini and uh, did i did you read that one i'd like to to? i'd like to i still want to read that other one yeah um so anyways so he at a wine shop uh they played they played uh german music in this wine shop and it increased the German wine sales by like 10%. Okay. So like we make these kind of weird, but that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing though. That's true. Cause it's like, as long I, as we're aware of it, if you're aware of it, I feel like it kind of, you, you would lose, but there's just so many different things that we would have to be aware of then. Yeah. But the things, yeah. And that's just kind of life in general too. Cause it's like, sometimes you just kind of go on autopilot or you make these like decisions or you kind of go in a certain direction. And then that's, that's, that's what like, uh, f- like, Unfortunately, in some ways, a lot of problems are resolved by the emergence of symptoms, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or outright like ailments or issues or or in the case of like overspending, it'd be like, oh, I'm in debt and like I just don't have any money. <laughs> and then you look back and you go, oh, yeah, I kept spending money all the time. <laughs> You're like, why did I do that? And then it's like, okay, maybe you can parse out the influence of uh, advertising and all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so at some point, otherwise, is it, is it even a problem? If you can continue to do something and then you never see any symptoms and it never creates a problem, it's like, well, then in what sense do you mean that it's a problem? Unless you're talking about like an outright principle base or an ethical concern and that sort of thing, then sure. But then you have to weigh that against like a standard and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just like, uh, yeah, defining something 
as like a problem. Like overspending is a problem because then you run into debt or you can't afford other things that you should be buying or you fail to invest in the future that you're going to realize you have no money to support. <laughs> you end up greeting people at Walmart at the age of 65 yeah. instead of retiring. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, the, 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 the thing that I would wonder and think about is like to what extent there is influence. Because obviously you have the natural feedback, which is like, oh, all of a sudden I have these problems in my life. <laughs> What's causing them? Mm. Oh, these decisions that I'm making for reasons that are due to outside influence. And then you adjust your behavior if you can. And uh, so that's one thing. But the other thing is just like, I don't know, like that's... I don't, I don't know how much, to what extent, like, external things would have, you know what I mean? So, like, if, if you're a company and, you're con if, and your goal is to outright control somebody, what's going to be your threshold? Like, how much, like, I want them to be this kind of person. I want them to wear this kind of clothes. Like, literally, how much control do you have over that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like if they did, we would already be there. If they had all that much control, but right because they have there's and the so thing much money. is is like so say that say that is your goal. In some sense, your approach is I would think your approach is going to have to sort of mask viable options, right? You're not going to be like I want this person to wear this only this see-through rain suit. And then just like for some weird random reason, not for like, you know, for anything creepy. I'm just saying like, if, if your goal is just random, like I want them to wear this clear rain suit and then I want them to eat this food, which is like slightly toxic and blah, blah, blah. Like if your goal is to change somebody in that way, it's going to be less successful because it's going to create problems that they're going to notice. So it's going to be much harder to be covert about something that is problematic right? Because mm -hmm. then somebody's going to be like, hey, you're naked, basically. <laughs> oh, I should stop wearing this. I don't even know why I'm wearing this. The <laughs> hell? Oh my God. Where did I get this? I got to check my receipts. Like, I'm so embarrassed. See you guys. That lasted a day. Yeah. But if your goal as a company is to get somebody to continue to do something and to be a certain way that you want to persist, in a sense, it's going to have to be somewhat viable. It's going to have to be able to support them in a certain way. Which can also be concerning too, but I'm just saying like, you know what I'm saying? So their standards have to somewhat meet with like naturalistic standards of like what's good for a person in a sense. I don't want to overspeak that, but you know what I'm saying? And then just like, push a little bit slightly to the left or to the right based on whatever is yeah. more profitable. Yeah. Well, because obviously some problems and symptoms don't occur until like way late in life. You know, I guess mm -hmm. you could take like smoking or like bad diets and that sort of stuff. So that that falls out of this immediate like mm -hmm. kind of responsive category that I'm talking about. It's like, oh, like 40 years later, damn it, you know, like... Well, that's kind of interesting way to think about it too, though, because like the smoking thing took it took a, then a generation. Because now, um, when I was growing up, a lot of people, like not a lot, but it was still not There's smoking and non-smoking sections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I remember some that people would, Some houses were smoking houses. Like you go over to some of oh, uh, your yeah. friends' houses and like their that's parents smoked. Now, and yeah. yeah, now you don't even... Yeah, that was a lot more common. And then so, so and then those people... And there was the poll tabs where you put in like 75 cents and pull, or whatever and yeah. pull like a knob and then your <laughs> cigarettes fall out yeah. like a soda machine. They had, they had one of those cigarette dispensing machines... Um, uh, when I went to visit, uh, it was in Haley, Idaho, um, and it would have been in 2010, probably. Okay. So they still had that in, in 2010 in Haley. I want to oh, say wow. right around there. Yeah, they had one in there, but it was really funny because is it, it is it, it not took, legally prohibited or how does that work? Well, it was in, it was inside of a bar. 
Oh, and so, so you had to be old enough anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, and but it was really funny because it still only took like quarters. But the, <laughs> so you had to put like it, fifty quarters. It, on yeah, there. exactly. It was like all these. Like there Twelve dollars. It was like, what the heck? How does that work? And then like somebody was just like throwing in like you know just like quarter after quarter after quarter. And then obviously like the bartender needed to make sure that he had just like rolls of quarters available for his patrons that were like whimsically wanting to to pick up a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And then sit there and punch it in uh, for like whatever it was like six dollars worth of quarters to yeah, <laughs> pull you, the tab yeah, whatever i mean yeah. it's kind of funny as long as we got the capacity for it it's oh. kind of funny but yeah so you're ready to move on to global warming gosh who should we hold responsible for that one um um i don't know global warming um Yeah, I want to. Blame oh, no, so it depends on what you mean by that. Like, if if you saying who should we hold responsible for it? Uh, if you mean on a legal basis, that becomes a really difficult question. If you mean on like just a pragmatic, like who done it, like who caused it, <laughs> <laughs> then that's kind of a different question too. Let's do who done it. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, okay. I um, well, I guess what I would say is is it's not a topic I've researched very okay. much. Um, I guess partly I kind of like subjectively know that I only produce so much output. And so even if I was like top notch, like, oh crap, this is the problem that's happening and here's what needs done about it, is my my responsive input would be minimal. So it really does take like somebody who's like an in an influencer role or somebody who's gonna take this on as like a career or like a campaign or something to say, Oh, here's the issue and then here's what needs to be done about it, whether that's through social influence or what, right? You know, yeah, does yeah. that make sense? Um, so I like I'm in no role that I see. And again, I, this sounds like a scapegoat, but it's like the amount of time that I would invest to be like, oh crap, this is what's causing it, and then here's how I'm involved. Is it's like I'm not like a company who's like has like a ton of stuff that I'm churning over, right? So if you think about it in terms of like, um, like uh, if you think of it in terms of like recycling and producing garbage. Like, oh, great, recycle. You know, I recycle a little bit. Like, not everything makes it into the recycle bin, but, you know, have, like, a little tub for it. And it's like, oh, this and that. And do these get recycled? Or, ah, that peanut butter is going to take forever to gather. Just throw it away. But uh, but it's like, you know, but I, I, I produce, like, however much per week versus, like, a company who produces, like, one year's worth of my life in one day or, like, one hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, like, I haven't studied it. And, I mean either that for that reason or just for laziness maybe but so follow the trash and then so we'll find out maybe maybe yeah um but just saying like uh like i just don't know <laughs> <laughs> i guess you don't have to know all of them yeah so i just don't know that but i would uh i would think that that people in the role of studying that could give insight on it that would but be- i would i would suspect like personally i would suspect anybody who's involved in large quantities of turnover of the causing agent, whether that be trash or burning or or whatever, whatever the causing agent is, whoever has like a high output of that, like hey, or we could blame the plants for not inhaling enough CO two. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even suggesting that it has to be people. But people are typically, when it comes to that qu- question, they're concerned with the human agency role of it because that's what we have a handle on, like, correcting. If it's in terms of, like, the natural decay of, like, plant matter, then you can't. <laughs> like, you can't. It's kind of hard to suppress all that. Um, but, you know. True. 
but like I don't know like if it is the case that like burning fossil fuels and stuff like that's a huge concern then you know people like Elon Musk or you know he's doing it he's, he's getting he, it he's fixing out. it I'll I, just we'll just wait till Elon Musk I'm fix busy. all I'm busy let him do it look to Elon Musk he's on weeks. he's on top of stuff man that guy's but, crazy he's cool yeah. but I mean I, I don't I don't have like a personal opinion on like what he does as like a business model but I just like mm. like that he has a lot of like insight and and interests and and seems in many ways to have at least a, a category of personal concern for what he's doing and gumption. I'm, on I'm top sure, of yeah, it. and I'm sure that a lot of like business and stuff gets in that too. It's like you have to look out for your business. You have to be profitable. You have to this and that. I don't think I don't think hardly anyone in very many capacities is like singularly focused. Like I'm only doing this because of my heart, or I'm all like I am just a jerk, and so I'm only doing this for profit. It's like no, a lot of people are multi-layered. They're human. They ha- they have multiple things that they're accountable to. But it seems like he has some concern as well for like like Humanity. I don't yeah I don't think that if he knew what he was doing was problematic to the things that he's supposedly trying to fix that he'd just be like oh well I'm just going to pretend that it's still okay. <laughs> it doesn't seem that way but this is but, that's yeah. really funny that you we got on Elon Musk cuz my <laughs> next uh, question is kind of uh he's he's probably going to lead us there. Uh once humans colonize Mars, how do we avoid bloody interplanetary conflict? Do you have any recommendations on that one? <laughs> I'm just concerned because I watched this show recently called The Expanse, and apparently in the future we go to war with our fellow humans on Mars, and I just get scared about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so are you just assuming between Mars and Earth? Yeah, okay. that, the Mar- that the Martians, eventually they'll want to like revolt against their, their Earth-bound does this assume does this assume an ongoing relationship? I I would I would think so. I mean, there would have. It depends to be. on what the cause is. Because because if because if you went to Mars, like if you move to Mars, Mars would need an umbilical cord to Earth for a very very long time. Right. Like yeah, it yeah, would yeah. just it would need to be there. Um. And so, but like they they would also probably want to set up their own governments. And I wonder if that had something to do with like. Now, are these just Americans or? I would imagine it would be everybody in Mars, right? It would be it would, if 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 a company takes care of it, that would actually be really interesting. I because it, be because controversial. yeah, like think <laughs> well, think about that because like if uh, if uh, Bezos and uh, Musk start shooting people to Mars, right? They're not flying underneath a, a country's flag, right? Really? I, so I guess the same way that you the same way that a country would handle aliens in the sense of like anybody outside the u.s coming in or anybody outside of this country coming in however each country handles it um or i guess at least from our platform like the same way that we would handle other country travel and relationships would be similar to how we'd handle other marsly (laughs) other planetary um otherworldly keep Um, those martians away we must build a wall so it'd be like like, okay, like, I, I guess the one question would be, like, do we have territory on Mars? In which case, if mm-hmm. yes, then okay, then you're still an American citizen. So what sort of con- – so imagine for a moment that there's no difference between the land on Mars and the land on Earth. And then suppose that you could just handle the conflict in that capacity, right? Well, I guess if it, if it were the – well – 
Well, Does that make sense? So like, like you're saying like there's agriculture so Alaska. Stuff? So Alaska is removed physically from the United States because mm-hmm. it's 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 connected to like what Canada, right? It's mm-hmm. not connected to the United States oh. literally. It's but yeah. it but it's still handled as like a United States place territory. Mm-hmm. So to whatever extent there's the I guess the only the only concern would be if if like. The Mars land was like unclaimed territory, but even even then, even though if that gets shady, it's like, well, are you a U.S. citizen? Because if you go there, then I guess it would be the same as if you went somewhere somewhere else. Like, how do you maintain your citizenship? Like, you're just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like, if you, yeah, but what if they're, what if it's not countries that are colonizing? What if it's Elon Musk and Amazon? Well, he's a person. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying though. So like, yeah. so yeah. So like, so like, if if they colonize it and it doesn't have any sort of like country type, um, um, territorial boundaries or whatever, uh, like if if I go visit there, then I'm positing that that it would in in a in a legal assessment probably be comparable to like if I went to visit like Germany. Like, if I don't come back for a long time, do I lose my citizenship? <laughs> I don't. You're talking to somebody who's never traveled. Like, I've never been out of the country. Well, you should probably just Which book is, that trip is to a Mars. a question that I have for you. Oh, okay. I, I wrote some questions, too, okay. in case we, we ran out. Right on. And in case you want to do a three-hour podcast. <laughs> Why don't we just shoot for five? I don't know. I suppose we'll be pretty tired by then. <laughs> I accept the challenge. You work tomorrow, though, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that sucks. Um, do you want to go on to the... I have a 10th question and a bonus question. Oh, okay. Um, how so? This is ultimate um, intergalactic question. Um, how can we slow the expansion of the universe to avoid a slow and cold death? Do you have any idea? <laughs> Hawkins didn't f- f- figure that out. I don't think. Um, <laughs> or Hawking, Stephen Hawking. It, so this would be supposing a uh, a death for humanity, <laughs> not for a death of anyone presently. Uh, I, I'm just just assuming that humanity lives long enough to see the end of the universe. Yeah. And what is that? Entropy versus entropy versus. Um, uh, now I can't think of the scientific term. Law of thermodynamics or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, because the universe is expanding, and eventually, if it continues to expand, it'll it'll cool down, and uh, the force of gravity they think isn't going to be enough to bring it back into contraction, to have the to have all the and matter. This is condensed. the entire universe, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that can be resolved. <laughs> I know. Isn't that a bummer? <laughs> but then again, it's also like, yeah, I mean, ultimately it is a bummer in that sense. But <laughs> but then again, it's like, it's like you have, it's it's an extrapolation of like, or maybe not an extrapolation, but it's like you have a localized demise, which is like, oh, I have no evidence of anybody that I've observed, I've heard of in the immediate realm living longer than like early hundred years old you know what i mean so it's mm. like i have a localized demise which is like my own timeliness um and then this is just like it would be in, in a sense extrapolated to like oh like the whole world <laughs> so if so in that sense it's like do you do you do you apply the same principle of coping with with like a human demise to like a worldly demise it's a very it's a, it's a not not to to undermine the <laughs> devastating nature of the concern, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously I haven't like thought about the problem in that sense of like uh, over like a resolvable issue. Yeah, um, I know. I, I figured that you hadn't, but I just wanted to throw it out there. I, the bonus the bonus question is a little bit a little bit more up your alley. 
Okay. What are some good activities for a small party of 10 to 20 people? Um, is this party at a house? Sure. Okay. So what are good activities for a party of 10 to 20 people? <laughs> um, you know, drinks are always a good... <laughs> Okay. Drinks are always welcome. So you could do drinks. You could host drinks. You could do mixed drinks. If it's this season, I'd be like doing like two or three different drinks. You'd be a good host. That's always plays a huge role. Um, so you just be like, hey guys, you want it? And making sure that each person knows that something's available. Because anytime I'm a guest somewhere, it's like I show up and it's like, oh yeah, I see snacks there, but I don't want to just be like the guy who's like, oh these are mine. Hey, we just had a birthday party like 40 minutes ago. We're we're saving those. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, just let everybody that comes over like, hey guys, there's snacks here. Help yourself. In fact, do you want me to make you a drink? Oh, not now? Okay, well, if you guys do want to drink, let me know or help yourself to the bar over here. And then, you know, have like a few different recipes. You could do like, you know, you could have like a whiskey sour. You can make like a, you know, a gin and tonic. You could do um, like a meals. whiskey eggnog. Yeah, just have a couple, but not an overwhelming selection, but just enough of variety. Um, have options for people with like, you know, dietary concerns. I wouldn't go super heavy on that. That's kind of on them. If if it's that weird, bring your own, and then I'll give you five bucks or something, or a paddle go to, back or something. Go to the store and get your yeah. own thing and bring it back. But you know, so mm. if somebody's you know low carb, have some like white claws or some sort of like seltzer beers or something. Anyway, that's not really activity. That's just like so. Yeah, drinking is one Baseline. thing. Yeah, you can have that. Um, so just good hospitality goes a long way. Activities, man, games. But you could probably want to do like party games. Um, a lot of people do uh, Cards Against Humanity. It's kind of a fun one if you're in that mood. Uh, I just got one called uh, What Do You Meme? But I haven't really... I've played it once before, and it's pretty fun. It's a lot like uh, Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. But it's... Uh, so you have like uh, you have like a base card, which is just like a picture. And it'll be like something usually really weird or silly. And again, it's one of those like mature content type games. But And then you just have like a weird picture. And then you have like cards that you can play... And then so somebody's hosting that picture, and then you play your card, which is like the the me- what makes it into a meme, like the line that's describing okay. that picture. And then so you get these ridiculous, you know, like when such and such happens, and then like there's this weird facial expression somebody's making. Oh. And then so yeah, it's kind of that's a so it's like a picture version of Cards Against yeah, Humanity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It seems promising. I, I played it once before; it's pretty fun. But yeah, that's that'd be fun. But I feel like a lot of, or like catchphrase or something like that. So for like games, you almost have to have like those big group games i feel like once you start getting over like six to eight people the smaller games are a little harder to to do like you're not gonna be sitting around with 12 people playing risk or something yeah like uh, well we're a council of three we're playing the red team it's like i don't see what's going over very well risk is borderline like dungeons and dragons though you gotta be careful about some of those things yeah because it's just like oh, what are you doing tonight do you want to come over and play six hours of risk right right <laughs> if you have up to like six people yeah you could play like settlers of Catan with an expansion you could do you know some of those games that you can have like a couple teams or whatever and that's fun but um man i don't know other activities uh just i just did that party uh the halloween party that had like plenty of people so that's one thing you could do is wait until halloween and then have a costume party and then hit it again next year but no i mean so anything revolving around like the holidays you know like i went to like my brother's girlfriend and them, they threw like an autumn, like welcome autumn party. And it was just like snacks, just like, hey, it's like fall now. So let's, and they made like some cider. So some thematic like snacks and drinks and just chat. 
So, I mean, that's that's what a lot of those bigger parties Rake leaves. Just like ch- chilling and chatting. But maybe like a couple of, act- yeah, Rake leaves. Um, <laughs> a couple of activities for like the first people showing up or something. I don't know. But okay. yeah. I think that's pretty good advice. Yeah. Those are a few things. Should, should we do some bonus questions? I have some yeah, questions. I, yeah, do it. Because I'm out. Yes. Cool. I, my, my goal is to be your longest podcast. Well, I think we're almost there. Yes. Yeah, I was like, man, an hour. That's not enough time. That's barely enough time to like get my shoulders loosened up. All right. Well, let's bring um, on. If anybody's listening this long, they'll probably continue to listen longer anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't even know if these are good questions. Um, there's about 20 of them, though. Holy smokes. Yeah. I just wanted to be semi-prepared, uh, mostly just to like calm myself down and be ready. Um, all right, so we got categories, so I'll let you choose. Okay. So we got serious questions. Okay. I'm going to let that one linger. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> fun questions. Okay. <laughs> and then simple questions. Simple. With the parenthesis, with the parenthetical clause of simple questions, parenthetical, which seem otherwise irrelevant, but which will test the utility of as catalysts for broader conversation. Oh, okay. So pick a category. Uh, well, then let's... And I'll just go in order so I'm not being like overly thoughtful about it. Okay. Let's start with simple. Okay. Simple question. When shopping for socks, what do you look for? Price. That was easy. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sorry that it was that was really simple for me. Yeah. You, know, you don't go... look for like uh, fabric content? Like... No. Socks. I just have a... Oh. My, my sock, I'm all about quantity of socks. Dang. And so I go color. I, I, so I wear black socks for work. Yep. And then white socks for um weekends and not work and then i just stock up and then Dang. i do i do anklets too because i don't like i don't yeah. like long socks actually work socks though i wear the long ones so it's just whatever's cheapest in the white anklet or the black like go up your calf sock. right that's it see I, I always i'm always on the hunt for cotton like at least 70 percent cotton i can oh. never find it like so like you know when you're younger that's like all there ever is and maybe maybe like really cheap socks are still like that but i don't know i feel like a lot of people are going towards like uh uh polyester and i'm assuming because it's cheaper because oh. they don't ever advertise like hey these are polyester socks okay like that's why we're charging 20 bucks mm. like you, you never see that so it's like it must be because it's cheaper right yeah. um there 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 is and has heavily been like the like oh these are moisture wicking and it's like and then now some are kind of going back and being like oh these are actually like moisture control because they're cotton <laughs> so it like goes back and forth because it's like i think like you realize like like having like like for low level activity having the cotton socks is good because then it absorbs like moisture instead of uh absorbs moisture for low level activity which is good because then it's like it keeps your feet dry i i feel like in my experience versus like if you have the polyester socks which have no absorbent capacity so then you're wearing like boots or something and then all that moisture is just like floating around has nowhere to go so it just like stays next to your skin and maybe seeps out your boot a little bit so then you know what i mean you get this like just moisture floating around, Dang. which I feel like is more. Why are you giving me sock problems? Which man? is, I, I feel <laughs> I like I didn't know I had I, a sock problem. You do, and I, 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 no, I'm just kidding. This is just my thought process, but I feel like that contributes more to like you're more likely to get athlete's foot or something like that if you have like it, you know, if you have like non-absorbent socks, right? Mm. So like if your arm was kind of so, okay. Here's an example that people can relate to, so they don't feel like that I'm just making this up. Um, if you get out of the shower, you have a cotton 
towel, and then you have a polyester towel. <laughs> Which one would you like to dry off with? I actually have a towel that's like part polyester, and it's the worst thing ever. I hate it. It's the stupidest I, I thing. I rarely run into them, but I've run into them before. It's, you know, like probably at my parents' house or somebody's house. I, mm. I don't know where, but I know I've 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 had them before. I'm just like it's just smearing it around, so it stays on your skin. That's my point. So like if you're just get out of the shower and you're like, oh man, I got to work, and you have like a polyester towel, and you're just like, dude, I'm still moist, got to air dry. Like, what was the point of that? Like, yeah, it's, it's like a beach towel. What's going on here? Um, so point being is that like if you had a cotton one, boom, absorbs it, it's gone. But if you have really high level activity, you're out there like playing soccer for two hours. Sure. Maybe in that sense, or you're going on a really long hike or backpacking or something. Sure. Maybe then the polyester ones might be good because then, then you reach a threshold where the moisture wicking actually makes sense. Because if you're going to wear like cotton socks and you're going to be producing so much activity that they, they're, they're like drenched, then that's going to hold all that moisture against your skin. And then it's like, okay, now you're probably running into hygiene issues. But if you're just doing low level common activity, I don't think your socks are going to be absorbing so much that you're, you know, I would go with cotton. That's okay. me. Anyway, simple question. Simple. Well, let's do a fun one then. Okay, fun. You're gifted a giant warehouse. Okay. What do you do with it? A giant warehouse? Yep. Sell it. So you don't have... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to keep it? No, you know, you can do whatever you want with it. Okay. But you don't rent it out? Oh... No, I'd probably sell it. Oh, nice. Well, so, because I don't, I don't know what I would, I, I would, I wouldn't want to manage. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to manage a warehouse because you could probably sell it. Because then I'd, I'd want the cash. Yeah, it would be a quick in and out. Leave me mm. alone. Don't want to worry about it. That's that's very much on the plate as well. I'd probably take a racquetball and a racket with me though. The first like just like a one day, just like go there with a racquetball <laughs> and a racket, and then just play like maybe some golf balls too. Yeah, yeah, just like a play. frisbee, just anything with distance. Yeah, just to see. But it'd be kind of fun to play racquetball in a gigantic racquetball court, and I don't know what the <sighs> warehouse would look like, but it okay. would be pretty sweet. Yeah, so that answers the fun part of the question, which okay. is kind of what I've. So like on the pragmatics, it's go okay. Yeah, you're either gonna sell it, you're gonna rent it out, or hire somebody to rent out, blah blah. blah. But when I my like one of my th first like fun thoughts with the idea, aside from anything like economic and pragmatic would be like oh, a giant paintball warehouse so you oh. build so the idea would be like because who else is doing that like i'm sure some little places but like if you have a giant warehouse okay cool i have nothing else to do with it i already have like a job and stuff so it's like for fun if, if that's your approach and a little bit of a business model you turn the entire thing into this giant paintball uh you know like environment or whatever what would you call it um, I'm like thinking. I'm thinking of like like level, but that's like a <laughs> that's yeah. like a game. Uh, anyway, competition, a giant, yeah, theme, whatever. Anyway, yeah, they don't you, have a court. What do they play on? I don't. Yeah, know I don't know what they. I don't know what they refer to as like a field. It? Like yeah, yeah but it so wouldn't you, be a field because it'd be inside. Yeah, oh, yeah, good point. Uh, you make yeah. anyway indoor field. Um, mm -hmm. You make a giant uh, paintball theme. Uh, playing field and uh, and then maybe like once every so often you mix it up so one could be like winter themed you have like this fake snow everywhere and whatever but yeah if you have a giant warehouse it's like sure I mean, it makes people sign a waiver but then you just, like do all sorts of crazy stuff so That'd you're cool. saying you'd, you'd run so what I should do is if I get one I should call you so that you can run a paintball <laughs> business out of it probably okay I mean I have to get the paintball I can, first. I can change my answers right <laughs> so that's what I, that's my new answer it's up for negotiation while it's on the market. Well, then do a serious question now. All right. This is a good one. Um, what makes a memorable experience? Ooh. 
And what I think, I, oh, dude, I think this is actual, actually a, my, the way I think about it literally, um, and psychologically and from, and from the neuroscience perspective, uh, I think it's, it has to do with your, uh, dopamine levels or cortisol levels. Um, and then, uh, actually if you, if you're experiencing anxiety, it, um, lights up your hippocampus, which is why PTSD, um, is so, is so so lingering. And then when you go back and you have like an extremely, uh, stressful situation, um, it feels like time slows down, Mm. but you're actually just more alert. So heightened, I think, I think heightened alertness. And then there's another, there's another, um, there's another situation, um, that happens when you are, uh, so, so dopamine levels um, are, you have like a baseline dopamine level mm-hmm. in your brain and uh, it gets either kicked up or, or pulled back based on whether or not your expectations were met, exceeded, or um, they, they, they weren't met. Oh, right, right, okay. And so I think that's another thing too. And, and that was kind of interesting when I, when I found out about that, that was on this documentary called... I think it was just called like the brain. It was really interesting. And so, uh, people that, so like when you have those situations where you like, and it evolved obviously so that we're not going out and, and I think I talked about this too, um, with Cody last week, um, on the podcast, but when we go out and run into a new situation, um, and then like, we're thinking it's going to be amazing. And then it really sucks. (laughs) Our brain like with like drops the dopamine level. And it's like, so then we're not like, like we're less likely to repeat that. And then, and then we, we probably remember if our, if every, if we just go along in life and our expectations are always just like met, like exactly, you know, it's not going to be very memorable. You know what I mean? Like when you go in and you go in the morning, you're like, Oh, like I, I got to start my truck. I got to drive to work. And it's like, I, I, I turned the Although, key and it, and, it, and it started and I got there. I didn't get a flat tire or any of those things. Like, which is dopamine levels just like dee, 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 so yeah. dee, all day. And then, and then, um, but then if you like are driving to work and then like one day on my way to work, I, I got into a car accident, like a tr- right, an accident. Right. I'm like, well, I remember that day yeah. I drove to work. I don't remember any, uh, actually the, oh, t- yeah, the t- two car accidents I've ever been in are on my way to work. Those are the two days I remember driving to work. Right. Any of those other days, I don't remember what the hell. Like, I don't yeah, remember driving like, to work remember, on fr- like, Friday. Like a deer <laughs> jumping out in front of me and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I guess that- novelty. It would, would it be novelty? That'd I feel make- like that's, that, as we get older. Novelty, but that's a little broad. Um, specifically, what I had in mind were like, like from like, I guess, like a human narrative perspective of what would make this is like, I guess I had in mind like, typically social experiences uh, but it doesn't have to be but i was thinking about like moments where you're like you don't know why it stands out but it's like you know you hung out with friends a lot and done this and that but then there's those there's like certain defining like hangouts where you're like oh that was like that was a special hangout for whatever reason like that like there was some significance to it oh maybe maybe it's because of that maybe it's because you go in without very many expectations and all of a sudden you have this large dopamine hit because yeah yeah your expectation you're just like blown away that could definitely be a by by what happened and what the interaction looked like and where and and where it went and if you don't have any expectations about that you know then then you wouldn't have that dopamine uh redaction am i using the right, right. word there you know a retraction of dopamine from your brain i would think yeah that that could functionally be part of it i was thinking that um i felt like uh, and again, I, like I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that specific question, but I felt like part of it might have something to do 
with like defining moments or like interpretive moments or moment moments that posit like new like potential possibility that mm. sort of thing. So like meeting new people can sometimes fit that bill, but sometimes that can end up like sucking yeah. too. Where you're like, oh, that's kind of exhausting. Yeah. Like, I think the chemical thing though would probably be the most likely baseline underneath right. all but those, those situations. Yeah, those wouldn't be because because it could still be like a learning. Because if you learn something new, obviously you remember because you're like, oh, I can apply this to this, this, and this, and then all of a sudden that you get that dopamine, right. hit, that satisfaction of of like having accomplished something too. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it expectations, I think it played part of it. I don't mm. know if it plays all of it, but I think it could play part of it. Mm. So, so um, positive or negative, I think, because if you all of a sudden you have this like enormously negative experience and your expectations, even if they were negative or that maybe you thought it was going to be positive, you know, yeah, it might be. I, I used to try to combat that concern. Um, I think I did hear, I thought you were talking about that with Tyler though. I, I, I remember, uh, you discussing that you guys are discussing this point or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, and then about like the dopamine levels and stuff like that. And, um, ah, oh, crap. I was going to say, um, uh, it'll come back to me. I got lost in my wheel of thought. Right. Um, expectations, chemical, neurochemical learning, uh, interpersonal social interactions, yeah, it's around the tip of my tongue. Um, Memorableness. Yeah, it's around the tip of my tongue. Um, gosh, I have to give up for a moment. It'll come back to me. I I hate it when stuff doesn't. Have you? Yeah. Do you ever, I started writing stuff down now because like my brother and I are doing all of this like thinking of of like what to do and like I'm trying to come up with questions and every once in a while I'll be we, we were out and about and I like came up with this question and then like my brother's like oh that's hilarious you know and I'm like and yeah it is I'm like yeah and then like the next day um we're like what was that what was that question I brought up that was like uh, really really funny and then he's like I don't remember oh, that sucks. and and I'm like yeah that's right uh it was something I don't remember what it was either like and it was just so in the moment we we're just like yeah but I guess it's that thing like when you are constantly thinking you're, about stuff. You have to it's write like it you're, down. You're, yeah, I think that when there's like two trains of mm. thoughts going on, like mm. you're present to the moment, but then you're also spinning your wheels on a thought, mm -hmm. and then somehow oh. there becomes a disconnect. There's, um, so they've done research as well as far as attention is concerned, and people think that like you actually can't multitask. Right, what you're doing yeah. is you're actually just you're just switch switching tasks very quickly in your brain. That and makes so, sense. And so if you're doing that, I, I think that that's probably why when you walk into a room, you forget like what you were doing because right. because you already went to some other step. And then step. you have to go walk back in the room to get that like mm -hmm. associative recall of mm -hmm. like, oh yeah. It's like a reset Like, button. yeah, that wasn't that important, but I guess I'll grab uh, that cheese while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Every, every, time, every time I walk into the kitchen, I just open the fridge. It's like this weird habit that I have. Right. <laughs> it's like, what, what are you in the kitchen for? I don't know. Let me look in the fridge and see if I can figure it out. Oh, I think I'll eat that. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I must not have been that good. <laughs> good with thought. Maybe a simple question will get get yeah. you back on task. Back Gosh. on. Yeah, whatever. Oh well, I'll let it go for now. Uh, simple question. Yeah. Okay, number two. How much time have you? <laughs> how much time have you spent listening to country music in the last year? Oh my gosh. I don't know that I have. Like, since I can't think of the last country song I listened to, man, you just pointed out a, a glaring lack of, of uh, 
exposure to mm-hmm. a certain genre of music that I have because I like to think that I listen to a lot of different music, but I don't listen to country. Actually, no, I have Johnny. I have some Johnny Cash oh, okay. on one of my playlist rotations. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, but that's it's like minimal. Yeah, I should probably listen to some more country so that I can get that covered. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the only time I listen, the, the reason I asked that is because, uh, like, when I we drive in the trucks, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like, there's already a station on. Every now and then, there's there must be like one guy that really likes country music because <laughs> every now and then I'll get in the truck and there's like a country station on, and I'll, oh, I remember what I was gonna think. Um, dang it, no, two trains of thought. That's okay. I'll Let, hold the country one in my right, head. All right. So it was, I, I was going to say that what I used to do, okay, yeah, the negative response preventing you from going back to experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a bad experience, like dopamine doesn't meet your levels that you're looking for. So you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Like that's the mm-hmm. the the per- pervasive push, subconscious push or whatever. So I used to have like a little uh, line of thought that I would use, which would only really work like half the time, but it was something to have like this challenge for yourself to like avoid those natural proclivities, if you will, is, um, is I'd be like, okay, if something is presented to me like, hey, you want to do this thing or not? And then your instinct is to be like, no, that sounds risky and horrible. <laughs> like, I mean, but no real risk, but just like, oh, that sounds like it'd be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and you probably have some experience in mind or potential experience in mind. My my challenge thought was, assuming all things are safe and valid, whatever, like you'd make any other decision, like do it because either you'll correct your false impression, which was this assumption that it would go horrible or things would be uncomfortable, this or that. Either you'll correct that and change it and create something new and have a, have a you know a better outcome, or you'll just confirm the notion that you already had, and that's valuable too. Yeah. So it was a way of viewing a bad experience as a win-win because either that's a good brain so, hack. Either, yeah, either it ends up being good and you were wrong and not all of those types of experiences have to be bad. So that's a healthy experience. Or you went and it sucked and you're like, oh yeah, see, I was right. It was going to suck and it did. (laughs) It might make it harder to convince yourself to do another thing like that. But hey, like as long as you maintain that little play to where, you know, eventually you get enough confidence one way or another of how something's going to be. But yeah, so that was something I would use to like challenge myself. And then sometimes I'd be like, nah, I'm just lazy. I'm not going to do it. But sometimes I would be like, you know, I'm going to go do that thing. I think it might suck. But if it does suck, I will feel like it's a win because I'll be further confirmed that I was right. (laughs) Yes, I proved myself right. Yeah, good. Yeah, I knew that was going to suck. Yes. Um, Anyway, so back to the country music. You said Yeah, country music is that like, yeah, sometimes I go in there, it'll be on country music. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to it. Hmm. And it's like, man, it's not as bad or it's a little different than you think. But yeah, same thing. I haven't otherwise listened to. Yeah, I'm sure I can get it. On, I have Spotify, so I'm sure I can download something. I think I'll, yeah. I'll throw one on the mix, and then it'll start giving me more, more yeah. recommendations. That, and the only other time I'd listen to it was if I was at work, when I worked at the phone place, and um, one of my coworkers was, like, kind of into it, and she would, like, sometimes we'd, like, take turns, like, playing music, and, like, every now and then she'd play, like, her country music. And then I was like, oh, it's actually not as bad as I thought, like, like some of the newer songs and stuff. Uh, you know, because it's like if you don't listen to it a lot, then really, what's the impression you have against it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, but then you listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, so I don't like it. But but there are some that are like, oh, this is kind it's of kind of it's one of those. It's yeah. one of those like country and rap are like two of those genres that are like yeah, it like have like this immediate connotation that people yeah. jump to. 
Like if you have one of those types, it's 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 like it a must binary. Be the the unpleasant parts of it must be so unpleasant that you don't even care about the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. It must be like, oh yeah, that sucked so mm. much that I just don't even yeah. care if there's a good one. But it's a lot of it's like I might listen to like the X or something, and it's like they they'll go through like long segments of like songs. And I'm just like, oh, they're doing one of these ones, like they're like like hair metal. It's like mm. okay, it's cool. I get why it's cool, whatever. But I just don't actually enjoy it. <laughs> I suppose it was. But then but then a lot of times they'll hit like oh like the Pearl Jam or this or that and like some of those like like fun like 90 songs or this or whatever and I'm just like yes this is a good you know so it's got to be the same thing with some of those like country station stuff where it's like yeah there's like the handful that's like oh yeah you got to hit the classics and then they'll have some they're like oh yeah this is really good. Yeah. But whatever. Cool. Well do you want do an, do a fun one? Was that the order we're going? Yeah, it's whatever you're pretty you want. good at these. You're pretty good at these questions. Anyway? Um, yeah, you should you should come up with some questions for me that I can ask people. Oh, dude, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd, yeah, I'd be totally down for that. I might have the. I'm in talks with the uh, director of the Birds of Prey Museum. Maybe <coughs> I told you about that. So I'm trying to work out a time for him to come in next week and do oh, the okay. podcast. I had some like. The, apparently, there's a people. There's like a <coughs> real like. There's like a, a the equivalent of like a flat Earth society out there that think that birds don't really exist. So I have to look them up because like somebody was, somebody was, I think it was Zoe was telling it's me. It's a about, little quag in your eye. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like. It's like really? Like, it's, it's, did your eye peck itself out <laughs> in that scary movie that we saw? It's like, hey, when we watched that scary movie and then all those things like attack that guy in the phone booth, what were those things? It can't be birds. It was just like, uh, oh, but you, igno- you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. a lot of problems with, with stuff like that is a redefinition of things. Like mm-hmm. it's a read, a lot of like the. A lot of that stuff is just redefining things. Yeah. Uh, like the flat earth and stuff, I don't think is necessarily redefining things, but it is a lot of that like wiggling around kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Prove but, it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, anyway. Yeah. Do it. Fun do one? It. Yeah. Fun one. Oh, I like this one. What sport or hobby have you wanted to get into, but haven't yet? Oh, that's a good, I can't, I usually dive into stuff. I want to go skydiving. Oh, really? okay. Actually, skydiving is one thing that I've really wanted to do for a long time. But the thing is the price point for entry. You know what I mean? Kind of like 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 I have a snowboard and I snowboarded one season when I bought like a season pass and yeah. stuff. Like I, you know, snowboard on and off and stuff. But like one year I'm like, I'm doing this. And so I, I did it and I realized that like that activity is, is kind of expensive. Yeah. That's the only reason consumed. I haven't done it. Yeah. And like skydiving would be like the ultimate one where it's like, because I don't want to if I were to get into it, I don't want to, the first time you have to jump with somebody attached to you. And like, I want, yeah. would want to jump by myself. And it's like, well, you still, you have to jump like X amount of time. Yeah. To you go through like this hundreds of dollars. Training. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds of dollars for each jump, which makes sense that to like throw yourself out of a plane <clears throat> is not like a inexpensive activity. Like we have to pay for the insurance. Like, yeah. <laughs> gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Here's an extra grand. I saw, I'm sorry. Yeah. And plane okay. flights are like pretty expensive too. Right. Yeah. You know? So, but anyway, yeah, I think it would be skydiving. What about you? Um, So I've thought about anything that's like anything light from like, oh, it would just be fun to like go get some exercise. Like indoor soccer would be cool. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've thought about doing at some point, but haven't yet. Um, 
that doesn't have to be that, but that would be like something to do like in the winter or something. But I think it's important, like, because I've been working out, like just normal working out, but it's cool to have like activities too that are like a different way of working out where you're not focused on the physical activity. You're focused mm-hmm. on like the agenda of the activity. So like a hobby, like a sport. You I know was I mean? watching this. Uh, it was actually a podcast on Joe Rogan with this exercise scientist. I was just watching a clip of it and he was explaining how... Um, you said Joe Rogan. I straightened my posture. I'm like, oh, yeah. He always gets on people about their posture. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm really bad, too. <laughs> but this, but I have to lean I into blame this. The, yeah, yeah, I blame, I blame this. I need to get more expensive equipment in here, but it's just like not high on my priority. Once we get sponsors, then yeah. I'll buy some stuff. Um, but the uh, uh, exercise scientist was, was or I don't know if he was an exercise scientist or nutritionist. Anyway, I mean, this, that was his job. He was pointing out how uh, the best wrestlers in the world are Russians, and they don't go at 100%. And for some uh, reason in American culture, like our whole thing about exercise is you like, you have to kill yourself. Yeah. And you were one of those people like, cause years ago you're, you're like, I just run like a mile oh, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah. he's like, he's advocating that type of activity. He's like, cause it's because like the wrestlers were just like playing around for a really long time. And then, then the next day they can come back and they're not sore and they can still work on their technique and like, you know, go wrestle at like 40% of capacity for a longer period of time so that they can get more reps in. Right. And then he brings up the point of pull-ups. Like if somebody can do 10 pull-ups, you know, it's, it's better for them to do five a day every single day of the week rather than do 10 and then be too sore the next day to do it. Right. Or you, your performance goes down the next day and so on and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he says it's, it's actually it's actually more beneficial because you get more reps. And so that's, right. that's key to that. So yeah. anyway, so like the indoor variety, soccer, in, yeah, the indoor soccer thing would probably be one of those things. That'd be good for run yeah. around. Yeah. And you're not necessarily like indoor soccer. The, the field's a lot shorter. So you're not like regular soccer is crazy. That field is so big. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Like, you don't know, like, you I can do fit, it, but yeah, you can, it's, it's like fits, like you can fit a football field in there like easily. Right. I'm pretty sure, uh, like a soccer field. Plus, it's way wider than a football field. I guess I've never field. seen one in person, but yeah, they're they're nuts. They're it's crazy, and so like there's just so much. So yeah, much they do a around. lot of running. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And it looks like you know when the, when you watch it on TV too, it looks like they're just like crawling. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's like so like big, jolting it's, as hard as they yeah. can. It's like you're watching it from an airplane, you know? Because <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that'd be a good. Um, idea. Yeah, the other thing would be like a, some sort of martial art would be cool. Yeah, but that's expensive and all yeah, that so many hobbies. But are same, expensive. Thing, same thing with like snowboarding too. Like mm. if you ever want to do snowboarding, I'd be down. I, I like here within the. Ne- I expect within the next five years, I'd probably hit a season, mm. possibly this year. But I just don't have the board or anything. Uh, but uh, see, but that's yeah. that's tough for me too. It is annoying like, though. Like you actually have a decent work schedule in the sense that right. with Monday off, you could go up to Bogus on Monday. So when yeah. the year that I did it, I had, it was a terrible schedule. I had, I had Sundays and like Wednesdays off. It was like a split day yeah. and I hated it. But at least on Wednesday, I would be like, I'm going up to the mountain and I'm, I'm going snowboarding. Yeah. You know, and then there was nobody there. Cause you can't, I bet now even with all the people that have moved in, it's gotta be just bananas at Bogus Probably. Bacon on the week. Bogus Bacon on the I weekends. could even see myself just going up and like doing like the little, like, oh, you buy a Coke and you get like 10 bucks off or whatever that strategy is. Oh, yeah. When I, get, I don't know. But just find a way to like, just like cheaply do it occasionally. Cause I think if you do the math, you probably have to go like a handful of times to make a pass with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, maybe I should just go like four or five times and just pay for it each time. Who cares? That's true. I mean, realistically, and, and unless, you, unless you're actually going to be like strategically yeah. going more than that. Yeah. Hey, I'd be happy to spend a season and I just go out like four different times. Yeah, there are people that are obsessed with it. Though. Yeah. That's, 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 I probably... Uh, they I, do the night stuff too, which is actually makes right. it a viable option. That's true. I'd, I'd probably want to do... Except I'd probably fall asleep. I'd, 
<laughs> yeah, I guess on the would. chairlift, and it's like this guy's been going around for like four loops. Hey, man, this isn't a what do they call those things that are like chairlifts, but just for like the view. Gondola. Tramway. Oh, hey, tramway. man, this isn't a tramway. You gotta get off at the top. <laughs> Fine. Oh, I like the view. Um, and it's colder, which <laughs> I like. <laughs> hey, why so blue, pal? <laughs> uh, I was asleep and it's freezing. Um, but uh, yeah, like I'd probably want to start out with a pass. That way I could like break the learning curve. And then after that, mm-hmm. it might be like a toss up. But I would, I would want to do like you do the pass. You've never, have you ever snowboarded? I've snowboarded like two or three instances. Okay. I've never had a pass or anything. And yeah, I just fell a lot and it was really sore afterwards. But um I'd want to do the pass where you do it at the end of the year and then it counts for like the next year. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd do it that way. That way I have like a little starter year. So that way I kind of like break a little bit of a learning curve. But then if it's like, oh, I need all this new gear, I'm not like in the middle of a season, like desperately, okay, I guess I'll pay like 300 bucks for that because I like am mm-hmm. losing money by not going, you know. So I'd probably do the end of one year and then have it wrapped to the next year. But my snowboard is like, I want to say like 12 years old. I bought it at a go, like a go around sports or whatever, use it again sport thing oh, for yeah, like 100 yeah. bucks. Yeah. So it's really not that bad to get into. It's just like you want to get oh, you want to get new boots. Like I spent more money on the boots than I did oh, the really? snowboard because you don't want to just you know get somebody else's. My boots. brother gave me some oh. some old boots. I well, still so, have them, so I'd probably oh. just use those. Oh yeah, that'd be fine yeah. then. So you just need a board with bindings that you can get into. Yeah, it depends. That's on what the I would boots. do. I take like like either Jeremy or my brother or something like that. They they've snowboarded, so I just be like, hey, like help me not get screwed over, mm-hmm. and then do it. I don't whenever I'm ready for it, but it's a good idea. Yeah. Sweet. Do another. What's the do? Was it serious? Serious. Yeah. So okay. To to help the breakdown, there's I think there's about five serious, about five simple, and there's about ten fun. So okay. You, so wherever you want to go, serious. Sweet. Yeah. All right. All right. Serious question. What should people study? What's that? What should people study? Oh, what should they study? Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously, I have a, ba- a bias about this, but I feel like human psychology is extremely necessary. Because we look at all reality through a very subjective lens. Okay. And until we can learn how to correct for that, we don't understand what's going on objectively. Okay. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I like psychology. That's a good, that's a good... Because uh... if we don't, like if we, because we, there's so many things that we take for granted that aren't actually true. I mean, it, I guess it depends upon whether or not, I think it's still all, it's, it's all like right there. It's kind of like know thyself right. type of thing. Because until you do that, you, you can't really expand very well out competently to other areas and if you want to understand truth and, and right. if you want to be a, like ultimately i think the point of life is happiness right like because you want it, the whole point of our existence is to try to make ourselves feel good and in order to make our i think right right fair yeah i'm following you, you know because i mean if you look at the even just what we we're talking about with the dopamine if you go out and you want you want to have those experiences that give you more dopamine we were we were geared towards it you know so right. I yeah, just I, I just feel like that that if until you should probably know that, and I have even had a really interesting um, debate one time with a uh, uh, ecologist I want to say, and uh, it was a, it was an online date. To ever tell you the story, and she was oh, like, huh. she was like, she she's an ecologist, and she had like her master's degree or whatever, and she was she was studying some area, like some desert area, some plants and stuff like that, and and I told her I had a degree naturally, in psych- no yeah. pun intended, yeah, and uh, and she was, I told her that I had a degree in psychology, and she's like, that's not even a science. I'm just like, anything's a science if you study it. It's just about like the, just because you can't 
just because people don't fit into that binary. It's not like chemistry where it's like you mix this and this together and you get this. It's like right. we're a very complicated mix of neurology and genetics and our environment. Well, and, you can you can apply like statistics and mm -hmm. and studies and stuff to to reach like pretty like reasonable generalities. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a different it type of science. It's it doesn't not, apply to the individual ever necessarily. It might, right, right. But it would yeah. just be you know ch chance if it did. But if you're studying big groups of people, but then you can still figure out with yourself, like in, when you said, when you're running into problems, you know, uh, if you're if if what you're doing is causing you problems, like in that advertising scenario that you brought up, and then obviously you're gonna go back and you're gonna. Yeah. You're, you're going to be like, oh, this is a problem. Why is this a problem? You're going to self-assess. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is like if you get to those, if you can spend time and get to those things before they become a problem, then you are going to be better off anyway. So, so right. that's my bias is No, I agree. I think, I think there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, Did like, you, was there a subject that you would pick differently? No, some of these are ones I just thought would be fun, little challenging ones. Um I intentionally made that one kind of like a loaded question because it oh. just it assumes that people should study. <laughs> <laughs> and then it also assumes that um that like by answering the question the way it's presented also assumes that everybody should study the same thing, <laughs> which is also isn't necessarily the case because people are different. That's true. Um but anyway, so so like I just went with like what would like a normal person ask like <laughs> what should people study so it's just yeah it's just a basic loaded question sort of but um but no i think that that's a good answer in a sense like with that and then also like with philosophy where those are two very foundational things uh foundational in the sense of like both like in thought but also like in ex in experience like you're just dealing with them whether you like it or not mm -hmm. and then it's just a matter of like either you're aware of it or not but it's a useful thing to be aware of i think um, i think the philosophy i was I was on the fence about philosophy. I took some philosophy, a couple philosophy cor courses in in college, and it didn't really help me. Philosophy, very well. yeah, philosophy is tricky because it, it is kind of broad, and a lot of it can depend on like what the topic is at hand and like how the person's handling it because you have very broad uses of it. But but, but I think one of at the least things, things like logic and the construction of ideas and an analysis of like ideas so like okay what's your premise what's the conclusion is that logical um so that's a lot of it and then also just like the flow of ideas like like being aware of like different thoughts people have had or like what kind of like thoughts lead to other thoughts but it, it's it's it can like in in many ways i think the most useful thing um or like a useful thing would just be like the analysis of ideas and like the breakdown of ideas into like their and, parts and stuff like that. And definitions too is a big one that I realized that oh, people yeah. take for granted. I do that all the time. And, and yeah. it's, it's one of the, and you you're always on top of that, which I realized that like when I first started to get to know you, it was kind of a different, we were having a different conversation because I myself was taking like definitions for granted. Yep. And then when you ask about definitions and making sure that, that the, that the uh, precedent is extremely clear as well, it, it just yeah. to me, like it seems like a needless step, but unfortunately, it isn't a needless step because yeah. people. The reason that we're in the current people political in, yeah. climate right now that we are, I think, is because people don't take the time to define what they are trying to bring a point well, about. As, as well as is not as well as um, assessing like conclusions, mm -hmm. like the reasons for them. Even though that can get dicey of like reading too much into like the reason for something, it's like so on a political climate, it's like um, if so and so is for something 
and then another so and so is also for that thing. Then if they don't think any further into it, it's like, oh yeah, we're on the same. Yeah, we're, you're for that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, like, why are you for that? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously because like it's good for our economy because um, you know by ha- like having this policy in place, it prevents all these inefficiencies and it reduces this and that and blah blah, blah and it makes our economy better. And then um, and then this other guy's like, oh, I I actually believe in that thing because I believe that like you know, that's an element of like human rights and it's foundational. So even if it was inefficient to the economy, I'd still believe in it. And yeah. then, you know what I mean? So, cause then if the political climate change or if the economic climate changes and then the person's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually no longer viable. And the other person's like, no, that's like a fundamental principle of my beliefs is like the holding on to that idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like, you're not actually on the same page. I think it's you, just, you've reached the same conclusions by different means. I think that, I think, I think, so studying is necessary. I think that's the important part. Is that people well, do? Necessary and, for what, well, yeah. I, 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 well, I guess it's it would valuable. It's valuable, and it's it's necessary for personal growth. I think, and well, yeah, well, thinking is at least. <laughs> like people, I think people don't spend enough time thinking about. I mean, I don't know. I I shouldn't say that as a generality, but a, a lot of times, a lot of times when you get frustrated with some some of the things that you see on social media. I would predict that a lot of that stuff is is emotionally charged. Oh yeah. And then the 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 like you said that baseline of like the reasoning and why they believe a certain thing isn't necessarily that strong and it's not that clear or maybe it is but they're they're not conveying that in a in a in a way to to be persuasive. You know. Yeah. I, know. I think there's a lot that goes into it. It's it's one of those big big things. But yeah. Yeah. Do you have a fun question for me? Yeah. Uh, so the next fun question. All right. Uh, do you think you'll ever go hunting? Ooh, I don't know. I might. I might not. Though. Uh, that was a loaded question. I'm assuming you haven't. I've. Oh, actually, I went hunting once, but I didn't catch anything. Okay. So like, I, like big game or no, bird no, no, just or? bird. Oh, okay. I, I went out one time when I was in South Dakota with, with my dad, and we were gonna try to get a pheasant or something, and then just, oh, okay. we didn't run into anything. So then it was over. Right. But I'm. I'm not. Do you hunt? Uh, yeah, but I haven't for like a really long time. Yeah. But I like grew up doing a little bit of hunting. Like, uh, I guess I would have been like in high school. It's been a long time since I have just not having like my, like, like I want, like, I would like to have like a house with like a deep freeze and like, Mm. you know, a bunch of space. Like, like I could still do it. It would just be like calling my parents and been like, Hey, I'm bringing you a deer Mm. and then like, let me have some of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I can't fit a deer in my freezer inside my little apartment that I share with two people, but I could like give half of it away and like, you know what I mean? But so, and then also cost and then like time off work and stuff like that. So I mostly haven't because it is like one of those things you have to like, you know, be prepared for and plan for and maybe take some time off, maybe spend some money on it and stuff like that. And there's a learning curve. So it's like, if you don't know how to butcher an animal, then you're gonna have to pay for it and that sort of thing. But all in all, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to hunt like yeah is it something you enjoy because to me that i think the the one time i went walking around with a shotgun like for pheasant i was just like because because the goal was not like all that valuable to me right i was just like man this is a long day of walking around and trying um, to get a pheasant yeah i think i both enjoy it and appreciate it um in terms of the experience um so i like what what i had in mind with that is like big game hunting for like a deer mm-hmm. or like an elk or something but um 
but yeah, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy like being out in nature and I enjoy hiking and I enjoy camping and I enjoy like some of the skill sets that come along with it. Just like, you know, basic stuff that you'd learn like with camping, like building a fire, keeping warm, wearing warm clothes, but not wearing like such suffocating clothes that when you're hiking around now you're like sweating and like overheating or like you're sweating and then now you're getting cold because it's cold and then you're like have moisture on you, which isn't good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're just learning a lot of like basic skills, but also, yeah, you get out and you get out and like some good scenery and a lot of time, like you have like a few days off. So it's like you, you're kicking back, you're in a, like a nice relaxed frame of mind. Um, so typically my experiences of it have been pretty positive. Well, like, see, I like camping. That. So, uh, okay. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've done like when I was younger, I did some like fishing and stuff like that, I, but I do like the outdoors. Yeah. The thing is, is I kind of had a different, I've had a different experience with it. Cause, um, when I've gone, I've gone on my motorcycle, I throw a tent on the back, you know what I mean? Right, so, right, so, right. so that's kind of a different, that's got like a different vibe to it. It's not necessarily like just the being out in nature, like right. survival type situation. I just don't do. I, I feel like it's it's just been like a time restriction the last couple of years with all the projects I've been. Yeah, taking. Same, same with me. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it's just been like like I like I could realistically, but I mean the baseline expense is you got to get a hunting license and a hunting tag for what you want. So that's an expense, and then you have to have like a gun and ammo. <laughs> yeah. So it is like a hefty like curve. Like, so it's not like just like, no, I'm just going to go do it. It's like, well, you got to drop like some money unless you already have this stuff. Um, it's kind of, you know, like fishing or anything. It's like, yeah, it's kind of easy in a sense. It's kind of simple in a sense. But at the same time, it's also like you kind of want to be prepared for it. You want to do it right. And you have to have like some certain level of equipment and like legal like paper. You know what I mean? You like you have to be purchased for it. But, um, but yeah, same thing. Like, it's like, yeah, but, but I enjoy it. Like, and then I think it's rewarding and like, yeah. I guess the bird hunting would be different. It'd be kind of like fishing where it's like, okay, that's a meal. If I catch a fish, (laughs) like I'm not going to labor all day and feel miserable, but it's like, I also enjoy like fishing and there's Uh different, there's different elements of it. You could sit on the side of a lake and just be sitting there. And then it's like, are you doing it alone? Or do you have a friend that you're chatting with? Um, Or I could be like out with my parents, like in a boat and then we're trolling for fish where you're just sitting there with a line in the water. And then you got some like, um, uh, heck do you call it trolling gear like the spinners and stuff and uh pop gear and stuff but uh and that's a little bit of a different experience or you could be like you know walking around like a river and finding like a good spot you know or you'd be like camping and then wake up like early in the morning and the sun's just rising and the lake is like crystal clear and everything's reflecting off of it and you're doing like fly fishing but for me fly fishing is like using a normal reel rod and just like rigging it up with a fly and a bobber and then like you cast it out there and you just like slowly reel it back and then it's just like you just see like the line fall so yeah I I enjoy all that and then yeah if, if it's successful then yeah you get some good meat out of it and obviously with like a big game hunt you're getting like a lot more meat out of it so that but, makes more sense yeah but i do want to get into it it's yeah i hadn't yet but yeah so, so that was one that was one question so cool. sounds like a maybe for you yeah maybe yeah maybe someday i'm not crossing it off i'm not like yeah. anti-hunting for sure right, right. oh it's another fun one Let's all right another fun question here. okay you have one hour a week to work out how do you program it and parenthetical doesn't have to repeat so it's not like each each hour of the week has to look exactly the same. So it's like, well, I could do resistance, you know. So it's just you, the only the only parameter for the question, and you can be as creative as you want, is you have an hour of week, you have an hour a week to work out. How do you program it? Um, see, the thing is, is I've already, I've kind of fallen into a routine. And so I just do pull-ups, push-ups, and jog. Oh, okay. And it's just, it's been 
pretty solid for me. I don't get too sore. I feel like I maintain a certain level of strength. Okay. And then I, I, I maintain a certain level of energy. But it's just I probably – see, this last week it was bad. I got so busy, and so I wasn't able to – it's frustrating. I bet I didn't even get an hour of working out in. But normally oh, okay. I do that – I try to do that like three times a so week, yeah. like a three-mile jog, and then like like 10 pull-ups and then like 50 push-ups right around But you there. probably do that every day? No, no, no. I try to, I try to do that like three times a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you just had an hour for a whole, it would just for a whole be a, week, it would just be a succinct version of that. It would probably, yeah, I'd probably just, I'd probably break it up into two decent sized jogs at some juncture and then, um, two mm. or three, I guess I would probably go like three, like all three, 15 minute jogs. Oh, okay. And then 15 or a little bit longer and then do some pull-ups and push-ups. Oh, okay. What would you... Fair enough. Yeah, I didn't really have like a an answer ready for that one. I would, I mean, my ongoing philosophy would be to kind of mix it up, but also kind of have like a foundation. So an hour a week. Um, yeah, I would probably, a lot of it would probably be some sort of like a mixed workout like that where I do... Um, maybe a 20 minute jog because i can get two miles in mm. standard nothing too crazy you do a two mile jog um maybe mix it up to where like sometimes i do a, a two mile jog sometimes i do like biking for the same amount of time or whatever and then probably do like a couple like probably do compound lifts like ones that hit the most so like squats bench maybe like a cable row or pull up. I pick like a few different workouts and do probably, let's see, that gives me 40 minutes. Probably do 30 to 35 minutes of that. And then I'd probably do like five to 10 minutes of um, of like an intense like hit style, like where I might do like sprints or like explosive high knees mm -hmm. and just do like a cycle of a few of those. And then, so that would probably be like my, my go-to and then maybe like every fourth week. So like once a month, I might just jog the whole time and just do cardio the whole time or like just lift hard the whole time. So mm. I just mix it up and then, and then just it like makes it seem very possible. I feel like sometimes I'm trying to yeah. work my workout in too much. Like it's it, like I, like I'm taking longer, needlessly taking longer right. exercise than I actually do. When I, I think was, part of it depends on your goal too. If your goal is just like performance and maintenance, I think you could probably maintain like like the cardio parts, like, yeah, it kind of sucks, like missing a whole week and then trying to do cardio again. Um, but if you're like everything else in the week is kind of active, I guess you could kind of like fudge the question by like, oh, I'm just going shopping. But really, you're just like walking around the mall, like some of the old ladies in the morning, mm -hmm. just like, hey, you're exercising. That counts towards your hour. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I feel like in general, you can keep like pretty reasonable health with like about an hour a week. Um, but if your goal is like, oh, I'm looking to like gain a bunch of muscle or this or that. And you, you typically want like a couple workouts a week for that typically. And then like an hour. I mean, you can, I mean, better than nothing, but yeah, that, I, that's probably not like, you're not going to get your best results, obviously. But I think it was right around the time when we first met, I was, we were downtown and I was like, I was, I weighed at least, at least 30, maybe 40 pounds more than I do now. And I had like that beer belly. I don't know if you remember that at all. Vaguely. But, uh, yeah, but I was definitely a lot chunkier. And uh I've and seen some photos on my phone. Photos that I took thinking that I was like, oh, I'm like kind of in shape. I'm like like a little out of shape, but like look at these a little bit of muscle. And so like, I got photos that I thought were like like show worthy, like, mm -hmm. oh look, I'm kind of buff. 
And then now I look at it, I'm like, holy crap, I'm like fat. <laughs> I want to show you because, because like, you know, like, have you seen what I look like now? It's like, okay, like, right? Well, like, yeah, you like, went, you're back, so, you're, you're back to like normal yeah. So, so size. Yeah, okay. So this may or may not be shocking to you depending on how you recall. <laughs> but anyway, you can go ahead while I look for this. Oh, um, yeah, I was going to say I, I was, uh, I just started doing like 10 push-ups like intermittently at work. Just whenever I have oh, a second. Nice. And then what that did was it kind of like gave me that baseline to where I was just getting a lot of reps in without having to think like, you know, right. like I would just be in my office and then like, um, when I, before I go on break, I, I just like do like 10 push ups, And then by the end of the day, I would have done like, like a hundred ups like throughout the course of the day. And then it started to build a little bit more muscle mass. And then I just took like little baby steps into like changing. Yeah. I mean, I got at that point that you knew me, I was still eating like like sandwich after sandwich every single day and yeah. i didn't realize i had a gluten intolerance oh. so like so like so so today i'm like i'm feeling it really badly because i went to that film festival all weekend oh, right, and right. i was eating like pizza and sandwiches and drinking beer and then like today is like the most unpleasant experience like all morning so like t- today i haven't touched any gluten at all and now i'm still i'm starting to feel better now okay. like it's kind of like i feel that like, like i feel that typically like after like drinking a fair amount of beer so mm. you know what i mean it's like yeah. i don't feel horrible like i don't feel like oh i can't you know but it's just like i can kind of notice now that like i've been like being a little more active and i typically restrict it to like mo- most of the time i restrict it to, like the weekends and, mm-hmm. and it's just like oh yeah i yeah. just it kind of holds you back a little bit. But. Exactly. And so the beer, and but then, but then on top of that, I had all the, I usually don't eat bread. Like, I don't remember the last time. I Maybe I had like, you know, I'll have like a piece of bread like a week or something, but it was just like sandwich, sandwich, pizza, right. burger, just like all this dough in my gut. And it really messed me up. It, I feel like it just bloats you up really fast. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're like working out really hard and then you have that meal, like... Man, it's really like, and I think as you get older too, I just, yeah, whenever I'm like pigging out like that, but it's funny. Cause like sometimes I can like kind of pig out and then the big difference maker is just like, I just like sleep in and get plenty of sleep and I wake up and I feel super limber, mm-hmm. but it's just like, Oh, I just like get bloated and like fat when I just don't get <laughs> enough sleep and eat a lot. <laughs> so like, I think other factors make a difference too. <laughs> oh man. I don't know if I can find it. I don't know where the heck. It was, eh, it doesn't matter. Media, oh, I was looking in the wrong spot, okay. Boom, 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 I'll try to take too long. No worries. Like I said, if people have made it two hours and 15 minutes in, they're probably (laughs) in for the ride. (laughs) Oh, man. That moment when you just forget how your phone works. (laughs) Uh, it look, yeah, so pause media. No, you can't, you can't find your shirtless picture to share with everybody. <laughs> the one where you say that you look bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me show you this terrible picture of myself uh, and then we can post it on the internet. <laughs> it's horrible. It's not like super horrible, but it's, uh, I'm about to give up though. Oh, it's okay. Do you want to do another question while we're waiting? Yeah. Yeah, let's do another question. So what t- category do you want? Um, let's go to the simple one. Okay, simple. <laughs> 
Do you use dryer sheets? Yes. <laughs> Why don't you not use dryer sheets? Because I have, uh, when I use dress sheets, my dress clothes are very static prone. I wear slacks and I wear, uh, uh, to work I have to wear slacks and I have to wear like button up shirts. I don't have to, but yeah, I could wear like a polo or something and khakis probably. Right. But slacks are the worst if you don't put dryer sheets in, if you know what I'm talking about. And same with like dress shirts. Like yeah. They, they, they drive me. That's, some... that's, that I can sympathize with. That's like one of the few things. Cause, um, I stopped using dryer sheets like, I don't know, like eight years ago, six years ago, something like that. So I I like never use them and I haven't for like years and years. No problems. Like it's like, I can't even like tell the difference. Like I could probably could, and it would probably bother me if I use them now because I'd probably be like, that's kind of like filmy. But I do notice the only issue I have is similar to that. And it's not even with other like dress shirts or anything. It's only with um, workout shirts. And then I guess technically like my work shirt, but it's mm. not obviously not enough issue because I wear it like every day and it doesn't bother me. But with my workout shirts, sometimes they get a little clingy. But for the most part, I was super surprised that I could just stop using dryer sheets and didn't like notice any problem. Maybe I should retest my hypothesis. But I, 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 I'm I scared almost, though. I, I almost, hate static. Static yeah. is like my, I hate it on my legs because uh, my pant legs like are extremely prone to that. And I hate walking around and feeling like my pants are clinging all the way around my leg it drives me bananas right yeah i almost feel like there could be like a like a le- i can't i don't know if there's like a learning curve with it <laughs> that's that's so stupid but i mean like i don't remember like i don't know if i like when i first did it if i was like oh it's kind of clingy or if like they just like <laughs> close like got used to like not, <laughs> like not really got used but you know what i'm saying like i don't know if they were like more staticky at first <laughs> Or if I just got used to it. But I feel like at first I was like, wait, I'm not sure. It's almost and like then, chapstick makes your lips chapped if you don't use chapstick. Right. And then, and, then, and, then, and then your body just kind of like... Well, if you out. use dryer sheets, you have to keep using dryer sheets. But if you just cut dryer sheets cold turkey, then you just get your clothes get used to it. <laughs> so you you need to do the research because I'm beyond that phase because like, I don't have dryer well, sheeted so you, clothes. You, we already established that you use more cotton in your fabrics than I do. So that might be part of yeah, the issue. Yeah. I got all this polyester because I just like that that moisture to slide around. It's probably a good thing I can't find it. That's okay. We could just you can just if you find it later, maybe you can just send it to me and I'll like insert like just one flash of of your. Of but you your have to insert alongside body. with a flash of like me not looking as bad. <laughs> for contrast because you'll know the difference. But everyone else will be like, eh, it probably still looks like that. <laughs> it's it's a yeah. It, back then it looked normal to me. I was like, I'm kind of in shape, <laughs> and I used to work out. But it's like I also sat around a lot. Well, the the body's funny because like I I was when I was really big too I was like running a lot but yeah. I was just making like the well I worked the out worst, I did like three hour workouts yeah like, I, here, I like was like this. the worst but I was making the worst diet decisions ever I was yeah. just eating like so much food and then I was like but I'm okay I noticed that now too because like back then like I would eat a, a, quite a bit more snacks like I'd sneak Ben and Jerry's in a lot more often and like oh, I'm just gonna have these gummy worms like now. I really notice like when I have a snack, like I pay attention to it. It's like, all right, that's like a lot of calories right there. But like a mm-hmm. lot of like calories that are just, you know, like extra, like it builds up real fast and like extra sugar. Yeah. And stuff. Just like three snacks a day is like huge. Yeah. Did I, did I tell you I started doing the intermittent fasting thing? Yeah. So I think I was aware of that. Yeah. Like new. So like today I didn't eat until I only had one meal today. And it's like to counteract like all that eating that I did on Friday and Saturday right. type thing. But it was, uh, 
it's basically helped it so that like if I don't get my workouts in throughout the the week, I don't really need to worry about it that much because I still oh, at least right, I still right. at least walk. Like I I get that minimum baseline, and now like where I'm uh, my classroom moved, so like. For me to grab stuff off of the printer, I basically have to cross the entire school. Oh, right, right. So, like, by the end of the day, I've, like, I've walked the equivalent of four miles within, like, a like a seven-hour period. So, yep. like, I don't necessarily have to, like, go for a jog at the end of the day. So, that combined with, with just skipping breakfast and only eating lunch and dinner and then trying to compact as as big of a meal I can into to dinner. Like, yeah. I haven't had to, I haven't had to think about it as much, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of nice. It's kind of freeing when you give up the snack thing. Because yeah. like I used to always be like, oh, did I, I need to eat breakfast. Like right. it was like a mental thing. Like I got to, I got to eat breakfast. And I was like eating in a hurry in the mornings and like, like throwing down like, like cottage cheese and like yogurt and like fruit and like trying to make healthy. And then I'd be like, oh, but I need to make sure that I eat something. Right. Like at like 10 o'clock because then you'd be like hungry again and be like, I, I need to like a little snack. I feel and then like when you was, just give yeah. it up, you're just like, oh, wow, that was kind of liberating. Right. Like I feel like it's good. Like sometimes it can be good to like kind of stick with a certain diet plan for a little bit. Like for, for me where it's like, oh, I've been doing more like weightlifting where it's like, oh, I actually want to experiment with eating a little more than I usually do just to see if my body will like utilize it, you know? Um, for like building muscle and like having like the energy to like push through a workout and stuff like that. Um, cause like, cause if, if you're used to like not eating a certain amount and then you eat like more for like maybe a couple of days and you're probably gonna be like, oh, like, uh, like, you know what I mean? But like, if you do it for a little bit and then your body kind of adapts to it. But, um, but yeah, but I also think it's good to like sometimes auto-regulate where you're just like, oh, I'm like not hungry. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to eat. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and then sometimes, like, I'll even, like, s- skip maybe a meal or two, and then I'll even, like, start to feel a little hungry, and it's like, oh, good. I need to, like, remember, like, what that feels like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And H- then, hunger is kind of a weird... Yeah. yeah the, like, I know there's been, like, times where, like, I've gone a really long time with, like, out ever feeling hungry. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, like I, I feel like I've gone like a year before with like, like I've, like I've just I'm never hungry. Oh, because you just keep feeding yourself. Yeah. yeah just like in just. Either that or have a disease, but I think it's just like, like, no, in this example, yeah, yeah. I think it's just because just constant snacking and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you go like one or two days light or like one day where like you actually like, like, hey man, like just skip a meal or two, mm-hmm. like just every now and then. And it's like, oh crap. Oh, that's what it feels like when I'm hungry. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was into the fasting thing for for a while before that. I think I, maybe I told you that. That's when I that's when I really dropped like a, a, a ton of weight really quickly. Is I quit eating on Mondays. Oh right, right. Okay. I was just so on Monday I just wouldn't eat, and then I think I I got like a little bit too weird about it, and that's when I was like looking gaunt. Like, oh, there was a okay. while there where I was I was looking a little <laughs> bit gaunt, and, and we filmed stuff, and I'm like looking at myself, I'm like, good lord, that is like. That is like too skinny. Right. And so I realized I needed to eat more. I think it's, yeah, I think it's good to balance like an element of discipline with also an element of like feeling like, mm. but not just go by feeling. Cause then you can go off the rails that way too, where you're just like, I'm always hungry. It's like, yeah, but you're always eating sugar and this and that. And that kind of like just makes you more, you know what I mean? Like, or you're mm. eating very calorie dense food with no nutrition. So you're like, you need nutrition, but you just keep eating a bunch of calories. Bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, so it's like, so I, I don't think, I feel like you should balance a little of both, but mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. Know. You should do a fun question. All right. Fun question. Just, what time is it? I gotta make sure I don't stay up past my bedtime. <laughs> How are we doing? 
or it's 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 nine. We should probably do one more so I can start to get ready for. Okay. Like, <laughs> right. I'm like I work at an elementary school though, so I gotta get up like six. Well, you, I'm not gonna talk about getting up early, dude. You're up at like what time? Like four. Dang, man, that's yeah. so early. Yeah, I hit snooze a couple times here and there, but yeah. It's... What time do you have to go to bed at night then? Um, gosh, this last week week or two has been horrible, but um. If I want to get enough sleep, I got to go to bed at like eight. Dang. Um, but for a while, like I've been getting like five, six hour nights and Ooh. I'm, and I'm, but like, like regrettably, like, oh, I got to stop doing that where it's just like, I'm just like getting stuff done or like a lot. Of, so I started going to the gym three days a week. Right. So mm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my, I'm supposed to, like, my plan is to go from like four to seven. I typically spend about three hours there. Yeah. Um, and uh, if I go four to seven, that'd be perfect. But I get home and I kind of like lay around and I see what's mm-hmm. new on YouTube and then make myself a little snack. It's like, oh, I just eat a snack. So I can't, you know, lunch. So I can't like work out too soon. And then next thing you know, I'm like not going to the gym until like six. And then I work mm. out for three hours and then it's nine. And then I'll like pop over to Albertsons or somewhere and grab like a little bit of food, go home, watch a little Joe Rogan, eat my food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, it's like 10 or 10.30. It's like, gosh, I got to go to bed. Yeah. And then so it's just been a little bit of that too much. Um, but yeah, eight o'clock is ideal. That's what I'm shooting for. I, I've been trying to cl- just kind of close off like what I have planned on the weekdays to make sure that I I get the sleep. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, I, I don't feel make like a it, lot of weekday plans. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of helped me out. But I've, I, uh, what I do is I usually start my nighttime routine at like nine so that I can make sure that I'm in bed by 10. Yeah. Like, like, and like out, like lights out and everything. And then that gives me, cause I get up at like six 30. So it gives me a half hour to actually fall asleep and get eight. Yeah. And the reason I started doing that was cause that Joe Rogan podcast, I told you that oh, you should listen one? to. Yeah. Yeah. I and this guy was it. talking. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. And so that's about... lingering in the back of my head. Like, yeah. like as I'm not getting enough sleep, like mm. I'm taking notes, like, Hey man, get more sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like it's important. Do you meditate? I don't. You should try it. I'd li- Yeah. I'd like to. Cause I, st- I started, maybe I told you this. I started getting into it. Um, uh, when did I start getting into it? I think it was this, just this last spring, okay. and it's really amazing. Like it's re- it's it's uh, it's really enlightening to realize like how often like you just have thoughts just like flying through your head, and yeah. and, and and how often that you just go down those paths, and like how yeah. important it is to to like kind of try to contr- not necessarily control it, but just acknowledge that those things are happening and not let them control those thoughts control you. And so it's, so I try to do that, uh, before bed. Yeah. I think my biggest hangup was just for the longest time, like not even like being able to define what meditation is. Cause I think there are like different ways you could approach it, Uh, but I think the very baseline, simple, like this counts as meditation is just like sitting there, eyes closed and just like not focusing on like thoughts and just like, and just like bringing your attention to like breath or something. And then... If your mind wanders, just like kind of let it do its thing, but then kind of bring it back to like a a central focus without like over focusing. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just did the guided. I put headphones in and I did the guided ones on a on an app. What what, is, what is that? Um, and then they walk you through it. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and they walk you through like the whole process and what you're supposed to do. I've done that a little bit, like not with meditation, but with like breathing and mm. like just the just like because I think it's a similar effect where like you're just following and focusing on something that's prescribed. Yeah, and it's it is kind of relaxing. But it was like a breathing mm. one. He called it box breathing. It was just like breathe in for five seconds. And then hold for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds. 
mm-hmm. and then hold for five seconds. And then like he was like talking through it. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Yeah. But, and it just kind of gives you like that that mental break yeah. that you need. And then afterwards you feel like a little bit better. Yeah. Because like, I don't know how, I mean, who knows how it works, like the actual stress and the cortisol and stuff like that. But I feel like it's somehow connected to, for me anyway, it's like this like time restriction that I feel like I have all the time because I'm, I'm especially during the weekdays, I'm trying to get from point A to point B. So I don't get in that situation where you're, where you're talking about where you're like at Albertsons and at the end of the day, and then it's like, and then it's cutting into my sleep time, Yeah, you know? And so, uh, uh, but that, that takes me away from, from thinking about that for at least a second. And then afterward, it just feels less stressful. I mean, it might be totally subjective, but at the same time, they've done studies and meditation is extremely helpful in people's overall, like feeling like sense of well being, Right. And that's, that's been, I mean, quote unquote, empirically proven, but obviously all these things are taken from, from surveys, but who cares how subjective it it is, if it's self-report or even if it is placebo, like sometimes the placebo effect is extremely important as long as it, gets what you well, need out of it. Well, it's something real. It's something yeah. that happens. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like one thing I've always thought is that in a sense, as much as like either thinking philosophically or just in general, as much as you're like, oh, I want to like think about like how, you know, how things actually are, what's there and that sort of thing. At the same time, it's like you also have to acknowledge that things that literally don't exist have an effect, not like a real physical effect, mm-hmm. but they affect people, right? So yeah. like, even stuff basic that everyone would agree with, like, oh, like the way I think people think about me or the way I think, you know what I mean? Like just your thoughts, which may be totally false, are affecting you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that thing doesn't exist, but it's affecting you, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, and that's all like it's true of like people that have uh, that have those ailments. Like they'll go into the medical oh, right. doctor, you know what I mean? And they'll have like certain symptoms and stuff like that. And sometimes it's yeah, just Yeah, that's a very good example, yeah. Of just due to stress. Yeah. I was, there, I, there's a literal cause of it, mm. but the like the 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 thing in mind that is being treated as real actually isn't there. Mm. But the thought of that being real is is, what's <laughs> is affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. But and it, but the thing is is it might it could be chemical though too, I think. Right, yeah. Cuz cuz I was actually just recently I was getting this like eyelid twitch you know, have you ever had those before yeah. where your eyelid twitches and, and usually I just like eat some bananas and stuff. Cause it, supposedly it could be a, a lack of potassium because potassium is, is one of those, uh, uh, regulators of, of muscle control, oh, okay. you know, potassium salt, uh, magnesium, yeah, I would guess like, you know, drink so, water, yeah. maybe salt, maybe potassium. So I was doing sleep. that. And then the, I looked it up online and like the first thing they said is like, try to try to reduce those things that are causing you stress in your life to like to to, oh, to get to, rid of it to do the eyelid thing you know and oh, so so like that was happening all last week and then we went to the film festival over the weekend and i wasn't like thinking about like all of my job duties and like all the stuff that i need yeah. to take care of and then my eyelid wasn't twitching you know and then I, yeah. and, you know and you I'm, I'm just wondering tomorrow when i get back into the daily grind if it's like all of a sudden my eyelid's gonna start twitching well, again if nothing else i think it's really important to like get out of a habit of thought sometimes because mm-hmm. it could be really hard to break like a habit of thought i think like oh yeah you know what i mean so like just taking that time where you're just like okay i'm just gonna like not engage this thought process or not engage like you know just like take my mind out of the equation for a moment because like you know what i mean just focus on like my body and just relax yeah. the mind um which I mean, sleep is probably good for that too. But yeah, um, but that's another thing too. Like I can't remember. I thought it was a New York Times article, and I tried looking it up, and I couldn't find it again. But um, it talked about. Gosh, I had a bunch of terms though that I really wanted to like look up and like look into. So I was kind of annoyed that I couldn't find it. But it was talking about. Um, 
like how basically your brain does a bunch of productive stuff when you're not being productive, <laughs> right? So like you mm-hmm. have, um, so like when you're like, like, uh, like actively like thinking through something, um, so like consciously like working something out and like using your mind in that way, um, you're, you know, obviously like processing things in that way. But then when you're like kind of, um, I don't know, like doing like something else and like kind of like just doing random stuff and maybe you're like in flow state or something, or just whatever, mm. like, you know, doing laundry, in a day, yeah, folding clothes, mundane, yeah, mundane frame of mind. Um, then another, like, like your subconscious mind or another part of your mind, like, like processes stuff and gets work done that will not happen if you're con- if you're like deliberately consciously thinking through things. Interesting. Yeah, I loved it. I read that and I was like, Where, oh. okay, so that's that's probably. I'll see if the, I can find it. That's that's interesting because that would, that would that would that would like lead me to find a root issue with with stress in general with people and how like they can be pushed to their quote unquote breaking point you know what yeah, I mean? you're Obviously. not letting part of your part of your mind process things it, it, and they appealed to like that classic like aha moment when you just started mm. dicking around doing something else and you're like oh i know what to do it's like yeah your mind's like there was certain terms i really wish i can remember i don't i don't think it was just like sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic but they might have appealed to that but there was there's some other terms that they used to talk mm. about like you know, it's, you know, it's so, so I have a friend that, uh, got a, a brain injury from a car accident, right? She was like major, oh, yeah, majorly yeah. concussed. And, um, and so they, her treatment actually two, one, um, I'm laughing. That's terrible. It's just kind of a crazy coincidence that I know two, two women that, that had, one was in a car accident. The other one got hit in the head with a soccer ball Gosh. and it knocked her out. Right. And, and the doctors in both of those instances, because they were heavily concussed, um, prescribed them to sit in a dark room and stay away from computer screens. They couldn't read, they couldn't listen to music. So it was basically just like cut off all the input right. to your brain so it can heal. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's kind of strange that that's what, because otherwise the doctors were like, you're not going to heal. You're not going to recover very well from this concussion if you're out doing too many things. Right. And I almost feel like that's similar. Like if you, like I'm, like I'm working out three days a week, but also have a very active job and I don't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And so like, and I'm actually really surprised that I'm able to like keep it up because I, I expect to just like, there was one day out of like two months where I started to work out. I did t- like 20 minutes of cardio, then like eight minutes of biking. And then I went down and I started to do some pull-ups and I was just like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Like, like I could probably kind of push through the workout, but I'm just like, nah, like there's, there's times where I'll push through and I'm like, nope, just get it done. But this one was one where I'm like, I'm kind of fatigued. I'm, I'm calling it. It's only happened once, but otherwise I was like, dang, I'm surprised I was able to push through. But, um, anyway, do all those workouts and, uh, it's only three days a week, but it's like, th- that is almost too much. Cause I, I push it kind of, I don't go too crazy. Cause it's like, you're kind of stuck within your limits and I've only been doing it for a couple months. But, um, but it's like, dang, that's almost overtraining. Like I might have to cut it back to like two days and then one lighter day or whatever. Anyway, point being is that maybe there's a corollary with like thinking <laughs> and like, you know, that's what like, like, like I'm, I tr- like at certain times, like I'll try to like intentionally 
do things that are more relaxing, like go to the movies by myself or like, mm-hmm. or like go for a walk, which never, you never think about it until like you do a walk and you're like, Oh, this is so relaxing. But, uh, but having some of those like mindless activities, cause like I always like enjoy being productive and like, and like either thinking through stuff or watching like educational, like YouTube shows and this and that. And, but it's like constant and it's just like, I, I probably actually like, there's probably some detriment to always doing that. See, I get the same way sometimes where I feel like I get that feeling and it's like, I need to, cause that's what I do too is, yeah. is it's not, it's anytime I look, do one of those things that seems like it might be mindless. I, I usually don't make the decision to like, you were probably the same way. It's not yeah. like I watch like some really terrible show on Netflix that I can like, and I used to do that more often when I had more free time, I would just be like, like on my laptop, just like messing around or whatever. Yeah. And then have like a dumb show on that. You can just like look up at and then look down. And then 10 minutes later, you can kind of figure out what the, <laughs> what the heck's going on. Cause it doesn't take it. But now like I'll sit down and I'll be like, Oh, I want to watch this documentary or I might learn something different. Or, you know, I want to watch, um, I'll watch some, some, some podcasts or something or listen to some podcasts that are going to give me some more information on something else that I can get some insight on something. Yeah. And then it's, you're more engaged. In it and yeah, and then I'll get to that point where I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really tired, right. and I have to do one of those activities in order to be able to lay down and go to sleep. I have to meditate or something like that. Otherwise, I'll know I'll just be like laying in bed, just all those thoughts yeah. just like running through my head, and then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to fall. Well, that's asleep why right typically, now. even if I'm not gonna like, if I'm already like behind on sleep, I'll sit there and I'll like, and I'm probably already eat like eating dinner late anyway, and it's like I'll like sit there and like watch like half hour to an hour of like a podcast, even though it's still kind of cutting into my sleep. Cause it's like, it's probably more productive to like get my train of thought, like off of like the day mm-hmm. and then just like, be like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for bed <laughs> to zonk out. But gosh, I really want to find that article. Now I tried pretty hard looking for it, but I'll, I'll try again. Okay. I'll at least try to find the information about it. But if I could find that article, it'd be helpful to just broke it down. I'm pretty sure it was a New York times article. And I think I looked up and they had like other similar ones, but it wasn't the right one. It was, gosh dang it is uh but it was basically about like what your brain does like basically it was like making an argument for downtime and i think it was even called something like that like a case for downtime or something i'm sure there's probably an exact article like that that's not the right one but i'll 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 try to find it yeah because it because i like i read that and i was like it was very similar to the sleep thing where like oh man that's like that's valuable like I want to like, you know, mm-hmm. make sure I do that now. And then find those But it, little... it's like reinforcing because you're not, then you don't just feel like, oh, I'm just being lazy and just like blah, blah. It's like, no, like you're like actually like your brain's being really productive while you're like not engaged in the same stream of thought. Yeah. So. And maybe that's one of the, why uh, meditation is so beneficial. To... I, would, I might, yeah, I would imagine that that could definitely be part of it. I was actually thinking, I don't know if, if you would agree with this correlation, Um uh, I'm sure see like meditate meditation is one of those like somewhat loose concepts that like a lot of things can almost have like a meditative quality because yeah. like you're like even if you're like playing basketball because you're so focused on the ball that you're like you know you're like zoning it but it's not the same practice but it's like I was I was almost associating like reading in a similar way where it's like because I don't read like hardly as much as I should like and and I I feel like I'm just gonna start with discipline similar with like working out it's like I whenever I work out I enjoy it and I find it valuable and I appreciate working out um, but it's hard to like just be like I want to work out unless you're doing like a sport or activity that isn't just about working out then you get really into activity but because of that thing. Um, 
but anyway, um, I was associating it similarly because like I'll be like reading and then like I'll read something interesting and then I'll be like, oh yeah, and then I'll start thinking and it's really hard to like z- zone that out. And it's almost like the longer you like go through it, then it gets a little easier. But it's like that initial like every interesting idea like pings like another idea or something you remember or something you want to think about. And um, so I almost wonder if there's a certain meditative quality and, and development curve with that as well. Because it's like you're reading and it's like your mind starts to wander based on what you're reading. And then you got to bring it back to the like, oh, yeah, crap. I got to focus on what they're saying. And then you start reading and they're like, oh, that might, no, 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 follow their train of thought. Uh, yeah. So it's almost like meditation. It says, I don't know if that's accurate. I, yeah. So that's kind of interesting you bring that up because I got, uh, now that I'm teaching um, fifth grade this year, I got, uh, uh, when they come back in from recess, I'll read a book and like we're, we're reading The Hatchet right now. You know what I mean? Um, you know, quintessential, oh, right. yeah. you, you know, elementary school book. And I read out loud to the classroom for like 15 minutes a day. Oh, so okay. I, like, I actually get some, some reading time in for me, but the one of the things, cause it's such, it's such a, a low level for an adult. Like I'm standing there reading out loud and my mind is just all over the place, you know, and I'm trying to make sure that the kids are like well-behaved and stuff like that too. Right. You know what I mean? They're not like moving around or like screwing around too much. And it, it, it's really interesting. Like, I'm like, like, I didn't know how bad it was. Cause like, obviously when you get older, you read things at your level and you don't go back. Like how often do you go back and read like a fifth grade book right now? You know what I mean? And, and, uh, it was just interesting. <laughs> like, wow, this is really, I'm not engaged in this book at all. Right. <laughs> just tuning it in, tuning it out. So I think it is a discipline to be able to, to focus on what you're supposed to be reading. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's probably not exactly the same, but it just it just reminded me of that mm-hmm. where I was like, there's probably a discipline curve to like get my focus right, and then that, and then I'll just get my own feedback of like knowing what works for me. Just you know what I mean. Yeah. Same thing with like exercise. Like okay, I, I can't just go that hard. Like I could do it one or two times and I feel awesome, and then I do it like three weeks and then I burn out and then I can't keep it up. So it's like okay, yeah. so you just reassess, reapply, reassess, reapply, and but yeah. It just reminded me of meditation a little. Maybe I'll try meditation though. I would. And just, I can't remember the app that I used the first time. There, there's like this paid app that's that's uh, Headspace. Oh, it's called okay. Headspace. I've heard of that. And so Headspace gives you like a free trial for like a week. So like a week where you know you're going to be able to set aside like it's only like five minutes to start. You can do like a five, a ten, or a fifteen. You know. So I just did like the five, and uh, it has like they have like the lesson. So if you do it every day for that week, then you can get like their their quote unquote like paid you know, level of, of, uh, instruction oh, on really? it. Yeah. And then, and then after that, like, I just didn't use it anymore because they kind of gave me the basics. It seemed like I'm sure that the, if I continued, it would be valuable too, but I just didn't want to pay. It's like a monthly fee one. You know what right, I mean? It's like right. how many friggin' monthly fees can I have with Am- Amazon's annual and then I get the Netflix and then, you know what I mean? It's just like monthly fee, monthly fee, monthly fee. Yeah. So I'm like, meditation is not a monthly fee. Although it probably would be healthier for a monthly fee than Netflix. (laughs) That's like, yeah, if nothing else, maybe they'll have like a Black Friday deal or something. That's like, that's one of those things I chalk up to like that day where it's like, eh, if it's on sale, maybe I'll do it. (laughs) Uh Uh, But yeah. So we're, we're almost, we're 245. (laughs) <laughs> nah. Yeah, dude. Yes. So that was pretty I knew low. an hour was too short. Yeah. Um, is all right. I think we can are we good? I yeah. I can talk, we should actually save some of those questions. Can I have those? Yeah. Yeah. I was can I save them? Here and, and then, them. And then uh, I can I can do uh, like Wes's questions with yeah, some of it. my some of the people that come I love, on. I love asking those. Because because uh, sometimes I have a hard time. I like to 
like I like to keep them thematic, but it, I was thinking it would be more fun almost if I had like a hat with questions and I didn't even know what the questions were. Right. Well, that's why I like ask, the category idea where it's mm-hmm. like you, you get to kind of pick a ballpark, but then mm-hmm. it's like, who knows? That's a good call. But, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Cool. Yeah, thanks and, for having me. And uh, this will be up on Thursday, so I'll send you send you the link. Okay. I'll, I'll maybe find those pictures and then I'll... <laughs> I, if I, if I, uh, I probably find them in we'll, it will ins- we'll just throw them up subliminally. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> just, just one frame of West shirtless. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, um, and then I'll, and then I'll try to find that, uh, New York times article. And then was there anything else for me to look up or is those the only things? No. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Sweet. All right. Cool. Well, thanks man. Yeah. It's fun.